on today's episode of Wisco Dice. Conzie goes all gothed out for some crazy pointy ears. Meanwhile, Brian's kind of poking around with some foam. All right, stay tuned. It's your next episode of Wisco Dice. Welcome to Wisco Dice. Welcome to Wisco Dice. Hey, yo, it's uh, episode 41 of Wisco Dice. We're recording on October 12th, 2013. This is your host, the Conzi with the most. And who else do we have here in studio? Uh, the slightly less intense Stark Raving Matter, Brian. Slightly <laughs> less intense? What do you mean, bro? It was a long day of terrain. A long day? And I'm tired. And you're tired. Oh, okay, well, that's nothing That was from beforehand, beforehand, yep. That's <laughs> nothing new. So let's go ahead and talk a little bit about what we're intending to talk about today. Obviously, we don't really have a whole lot in outline plans, so, but there have been a bunch of things. So this is going to be just kind of a catching up episode. Uh, we're going to talk about things we've been doing in the hobby or not doing in the hobby. Pretty much. Um, how well we've maybe <laughs> applied the things we talked about in the last episode, as well as uh, we feature a little bit of the new Dark Elf book. Um, not a review so much, but I have some thoughts from a game I played with them at least. And a bunch of new models. Yeah, and we've definitely got our thoughts on what, at least how cool or uncool we think the new models are. And then we can go ahead and we're going to talk a little bit about what we may or may not have actually accomplished today while we were working on some terrain. <laughs> so it's going to be uh, a good day. So let's go ahead and get started without further ado. What have we been doing for the last couple of weeks? I can sum mine up pretty quick. I haven't done nothing. <laughs> so what you're saying is that we all the kind of good ideas we maybe talked about in episode 40, you found no way to actually apply any of that? Uh, it's getting there a little bit. I don't know. It's just busy. I think I'll have my schedule figured out. Like, I I mean, I've improved like what I'm doing like every week, but I think I'll finally have it figured out, and then the semester will be over kind of thing. <laughs> so sure. I feel like now, but... And I keep trying to make Tuesdays, but it's a lot easier not to make Tuesday night gaming with homework at the moment, so I haven't perfected that yet. And you haven't been getting any work on on the models either? Not really. It would be easier to, and I guess I could see where I've had some time to. I just haven't. Like, I did throw one wash on my ghoul bases trying to get those to look right. Okay. And, yeah, that was it. <laughs> I just want to, I got to hit them with, like, the highlight layer and then... Hopefully that would make them look right, and then the flock, and then they'd be done. But, I mean, that was like a couple minutes out of the whole <laughs> week or however long. Sure, no, sometimes it's about getting a couple minutes here or there just to yeah. get a little paint out of model or a little bit of something. I can tell you from my own experience that I start a lot of times during the day uh, when I go to work, I, I, t I at least try, try to find, especially recently, but I try to find just a few minutes to get down in the basement, um, after I've gotten maybe dressed for work and I've showered and before maybe I, you know, I might be going to stop and get, uh, a breakfast, not a breakfast sandwich or something on the way to work or something, maybe that day. And I'll try at least once or twice a week to get down in the hobby room, do a little work. Maybe it's just gluing a little, uh, gluing a couple of metal 
bases on on to the plastic bases or maybe it's putting a little you know sand on a base or or i'm going to hit and touch this basing project or hey we got another member to the podcast there <laughs> kitty 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 meow, meow, meow. kitty is a helper she's going to be a very helpful uh um uh, Member with lots of uh, definitely positive and solid feedback going on this kitty, or in this yeah, in this kitty in this podcast. <laughs> so yeah, no, but it, it is it, it, just finding a couple of minutes to get something a little bit of something done. It's surprising how much that little bit adds up. That yeah. little bit of progress. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's even when I was working on them quite a bit. That's all I was doing. It's like here, I got a few minutes. I'm going to do this one step to my paint, and I mean it comes along eventually just that little bit at a time i was thinking about it more i most of my effort in the last few weeks was put in like mentally was put into figuring out my derby schedule and i think i got that on under control now so probably my gaming one will be the next thing to figure out yeah no it's definitely coming up to the home season for the roller derby so that's probably the more busy time for that for you i would think yeah it's just uh our i guess for us ourselves i mean the bouts don't actually start till december but i mean our home season started already with practice and stuff so we got sure. quite a bit going on and it's all new compared to how it was over the summer so that was a bit of figuring lots more ramping it up lots more yeah i pretty much just had to there's a lot of drama about stuff in our at the moment but i just had to figure out what practices i could actually go to because we have an attendance requirement and stuff like that so sure just to keep up with it so Sure thing. No, that's that's always important too. Yeah, especially when you have something like that, where if you don't, you know, if you don't make it, then you lose your, you know, ability to participate. So I can definitely see how that kind of gets prioritized. Uh, nobody's putting that requirement yet on you for Warhammer. So <laughs> <laughs> if only. All I right, don't know. school's just such a huge draw too. No, but it's you're, easy to be burned up. You're getting up to what midterms now? So midway through uh, the first semester. Yeah, I technically already had one midterm test, but. Um, yeah, it's next week, this coming week is the halfway point of the semester already, so that's pretty cool. All right. Can vaguely see the light. All right. Well, I, I have definitely been doing all sorts of hobby and, eh, not, maybe not so much gaming, but definitely, uh, at least minis gaming. A lot of hobby a lot progress of hobby. lately I've seen from you. So yeah, I ended up picking up, uh, Skaven Army off of a local gentleman here. It was, uh, named, his name's Ben, to, uh, Ben Tobias. You should remember Ben from yeah. back in the day. Uh, Ben had, uh, he's always kind of flirted with Warhammer Fantasy. He's definitely, he's a big time into 40k. Was that recently you got it from yeah, him? Yeah, I from just very recently oh, really? picked it up. Wow. So it, it, there, I, I think I dropped like $350 and got somewhere like, uh, something like seven or eight hundred dollars retail of stuff is what I've got. I mean, you've seen the giant box of stuff, and I've barely bought anything to add to it. It's that's, yeah. that's literally what it was. And in the building fury that I am, the building and painting, I, you know, obviously I've got Conzi's Challenge, which I, I strongly recommend. I am I'm not going to. I won't say that I'm not going to. Re- I'm definitely not renewing Conzi's Challenge for uh, 2014, but <laughs> I'm definitely going to try to stick to it pretty. Pretty solid though, still, because it's, it really has been a, a massive motivator. I think if I would have got the Skaven army, it would have been, 
Uh, if it wouldn't have been without the Coenzies challenge this year, it would have definitely not been a priority to get it painted. I would have just got it built. And as soon as I got 2000 points built, I'd have played it a few times, maybe added a couple things, started painting on it. And you'd see the next thing you'd see is it would go like the way my beastman did. <laughs> I got like 20 or 25 models painted and then it, I just stopped. Yeah. You even played Skaven for a second, a long time ago too. Yeah, you I just picked them up secondhand or something. I, I had a well, that was a friend of mine had gotten out of the game yeah. for quite a while, and the models had laid around, and they were really beat up, and they, you know, like all this clan rats and stuff looked yeah, like they were garbage. Really rough. So, I mean, I used them a, a, for a couple of games when that was like when the book first came out, and we had this like really cool hobby. Skaven versus the world game, and that was just a blast. That was a really fun game. <laughs> that was yeah, it was crazy fun. And, uh, cause we had like three, we had three players with Skaven and, and all of their units, if they died, could come back on the board <laughs> on their following turn, like a four plus. So it was just waves of Skaven. And I think, uh, like Paul was like our center army and he just had no, just heaps of slaves, uh, which he was using the Night Goblin. Yeah, I was going to say, I think he used his Night Goblins, which and he it has. Just, it was just, it was really of. cool cinematic. Skaven ended up losing the game. But it was just this crazy cinematic game of just this wave after wave after wave of uh, Skaven coming on the board, um, and trying to gain control of these rickety towers in the sun in, uh, that we had. It was just an some kind of control. magic tower thing. I think it was yeah. something from White Dwarf. We kind of kind of hacked up together, a little bit, yeah. yeah, with the Skaven. So that was, I think, the last time I actually played the army, and then I sold that that batch. And in hindsight, I mean, there's a there. I don't think I feel bad about selling that at all. There were probably a few models in there that I would like to still have, but overall, yeah, I, the stuff was so bad that I, I mean, the metal, there was a lot of metal in there. I mean, I won't lie there, but, uh, I, I like the plastic. Most of it was like the old metal storm vermin and some other stuff like that. Gisales. There were piles and piles of Gisales, which I, <laughs> when I bought this army, I got piles of Gisales as well, so. Uh, there's really, uh, not much of a, a drop off there for me and what I've got. I think I, I think I, you know, and this is one of the few times where I feel like I let models go that I don't have any regrets about. So, and I'm pretty like, clutchy, cl- clingy to us, anything I've put any kind of effort into painting or, or assembly. So it's really hard for me to let that kind of stuff go. Like I let my high elves go once upon a time, like, the old original pink version of they the high elves. They weren't quite pink enough. They, well, they were plenty pink. <laughs> they just, uh, they didn't have bunny slippers. And after kind of, I, I just kind of lost, you know, the Dark Elf book, it came out, cause I was playing them just kind of as an interim till the Dark Elf book, new Dark, you know, the new Dark Elf book came out at the time. And it, they just, uh, when that book came out, I just lost interest in it. And I find like, okay, I'll just sell it cause I want the money, money for models and yeah. new Dark Elves. I was kind of surprised you sold them like right away. <laughs> like I didn't hear you like think about it. Just all of a sudden you didn't have them anymore. And then what do you know? Like another year or two later, um, like I, I really want to do that project again. I really <laughs> want to do the pink bunny slippers and stuff. And I, I've, I've got it started. I at least started the project and I've got a bunch of bunny slippers sculpted. <laughs> so first step. So yeah, no first step. No, so yeah, I did to get this Skaven, and I, at this point, I've uh, painted a lot of Skaven. I think I've got, I think I've got an epic six hundred points, uh, six hundred ish points, without any like real upgrades or anything. Like if the models got an additional hand weapon, I pointed that out, or if the model was a battle standard, I pointed that out. But otherwise, all of the base unit upgrades and whatever, I've got something like six hundred points worth of Skaven, just over uh, painted and officially, you know, to the point where they're 
they're like, I'm going to call them done for a while. I, I left room for where the way I painted them to be able to go back later and, and really be able to enhance the models, but to get them to a point where I could call them done and, and then I could move on to the next models and, and be able to, and where I feel like they're tournament worthy too. And, and people have listened to me talk about painting and, and painted models and what I consider painted. I have kind of a, a strict kind of level where I think it, that accomplished, you know, where that accomplishment ha- happens and, I feel confident saying that these are painted and some people would probably think that those are, are really well done. I look at them and see lots of flaws, (laughs) lots of things that need to be done, but I'm also not, I, 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 this was not a project I was setting out to in any scope of the imagination do a drop dead gorgeous army. So I'm, I'm, I'm very happy with where it's, where it is. I'm not displeased. I would like to, to enhance it, but I'm going to, I've left that, that opening for me to be able to do that later if this is something I end up falling in love with. Um, otherwise, other hobby I've, I've actually accomplished outside of the stuff we fiddled with today. I went ahead and, um, some of you might have saw on Twitter and Facebook. The I did I tr- I've been kind of fiddling with some dwarf models. Uh, we talked about it the last show. I think we talked about that hammer that I was working on, and, and yep. I had a thane that I was working on. Well, the thane I had dropped at pure hammer and busted his axe off, and that kind of made me ill to my tummy. So I <laughs> I have not taken him out of the box since since that happened. I can't even look at him now. When you put that <laughs> when you I had probably. You know, six-ish hours into that model, just in the painting alone, and the axe I hadn't really started on at all, and uh, maybe not, yeah, probably about you know five or six hours, anyways. Uh, but a lot of that was just kind of trying to figure out the colors, yeah. and, and work with it that way. And I, you know, that just kind of was disheartening, and and now I've kind of got to take that back to the drawing board and, and do some fixing. And there was things that I wasn't pleased with the way the model ultimately had looked anyways. So, um, so I'm going to go back and do some green stuff work. And then that just kind of fell off the priority, priority list or the, you know, and motivation list. Uh, I'll definitely go back to the model at some point, but I did have some hammers that I had built and gotten, gotten together and they were around the table and they're, you know, they're the, Games Workshop hammers. They're the old pewter versions, not the fine cast versions. Those were brand new ones, you were saying? Uh, yeah, they were brand new out of the box, yeah. Oh, uh. So, I, st- I just did one, and I did it with the non-metallic metals, and I'm very pleased with where the model is. And I'm going to, at this point, I, I've kind of told myself it's finished. <laughs> but it's definitely got a wow factor to it. And I'm there are parts on that model that I look at it and I'm like, Wow, I can't believe I did that. And I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to replicate that because I didn't write any of it down. <laughs> oh, no. You should uh, probably figure that out. Well, <laughs> I, part of it was, I mean, some of it's like the, the blues or that Tomb King blues. That's probably pretty straightforward. So I've done it a the, lot now. The non-metallic stuff, though. The non-metallic <laughs> stuff, I have a pretty close to rough idea how I did it. Um, particularly the gold that made the chest plate armor. Because I've done that on a couple of models before, maybe not looking for that to try to make it the non-metallic metal, but to do that kind of level of gold. Hmm. So uh, I, I I really like those particular colors, and they turned out really well. The I, there's a shield that he's got on his strapped on his back, 
And I did that and pretty much all a non-metallic, uh, different shade of uh, gold, so different shades of yellow. Yep. And that I'm, I'm not pleased with at all. And then there's a few other little bits, like the chain mail I didn't think turned out as well as I would have liked. I would like to... I could see myself spending another 30 or 40 minutes working on that. I can see myself, I definitely see myself, you know, fiddling with that shield a bunch. I think there's a lot of, I'm not really, I don't think the color of like the armor and stuff is the right gold color for it. And I think there needs to be a little more contrast color to that shield. But, uh, at this point I'm going to, I, I, I just couldn't, it was just occupying space on the painting table it was turning into a bit of like frustration time. Every time I sat down on the table, I'd just see that model and go grr. So I'm glad <laughs> that I've, I've finished the basing. I got the basing. I like the base, way the, the base turned out. And I was a little shaky on that too with the, with the I did this kind of off reddish brown color for the core. The, it's almost like a Martian rock kind of color. Were you still doing them like a snow wave? I thought about that, that. And then I started doing, I, like I looked, I was looking at the basing and I was thinking, I need something to kind of contrast, and I didn't think a, a gray would contrast well enough with that blue. So I tried. I had this uh, Martian rock color sure. paint that I had that I have from Reaper sitting in the bin, and I I fiddled with that. I'm like, I bet you that reddish brown would look really good with that blue. And when I did that, it did. It it, it really helped uh, with the blue. It helped give it great contrast. Sure. Without taking anything away from the model, and I and I stuck with it, and then I did a little fiddling with the base, and put a little flock and some of that little grass, whatever yeah, sticky stuff. tough thing, yeah, the tough thing on there, and I'm really that turned out pretty well. I mean, I could be better, but I'm not. It doesn't take away from the rest of the model being the way it is. But overall, it's still a work in progress for you, kind of. Just trying to refine I'm gonna call it everything. Done. <laughs> I'm going to call it done for now, and I'm going to just leave it sitting on top of the paint bin. And and if I touch that model again yet in 2013, I would be really surprised. It was um, more likely I would actually grab another, uh, grab another uh, hammer and just start a second one. But one of the things I said to myself when I started that project, too, was... If I got more than one done ever, that would be kind of a, an amazing thing. I was really looking Man. to push my <laughs> skill set and my talents to the to the to the top to see what I could pull off and and my first kind of delve into it. And I wasn't sure that I'd ever actually do an entire army. Ah. And uh, I kind of I had a little bit of a stint of wanting to play the dwarves there, and I still do a little bit, but I'm kind of over it as well especially with uh two other guys at the regular at, at the last square playing playing them right now on our regular yeah, I guess night. that doesn't help yeah i was well there's uh it wasn't good well there's two there's three guys you know there's uh there's kenny from the combat phase podcast coming in and playing dwarves there is uh uh big ben's brother trevor he's playing dwarves yep and then there's another one of the new kids that's uh, I don't I don't remember his name, but uh, he's coming in and playing dwarf. So that would have been the fourth person. <laughs> pretty crazy to have know. that many dwarf people. It was like back in the day when we used to have like <laughs> four billion dwarf players at the store. It was crazy, and you know? and I'm like ah, we need to have some a little bit of variance in army. So nobody really has rats around here either. That no, nobody. Those up. Nobody plays Skaven. It's it's a hard army to collect and build to begin with, just because of the quantity of models. 
But, uh, so it's a rough, it's kind of a, it's a discouraging army, but there's so much, uh, so much versatility and, and it does have that cheese factor. If you want to take it to the cheese level of gameplay where you want to play competitively, like really competitively, and you don't want your list to be your thing that holds you back, well, Skaven <laughs> definitely have all the tools, uh, to be able to take it to that and tools that you can bring that are very consistent. So, I'm glad I'm, I'm glad to have that that be able to do that with an army again too will be nice. Yeah, I'm really unfamiliar with them too since nobody's been playing them around here, so it'll be cool once I finally make it back out to the game store. Sure. So that's that's kind of what I've been doing hobby wise. Uh, so let's go ahead and before we jump into any games we've been playing, why don't we go ahead and we don't normally talk about other kind of geek stuff that's been going on, but I know. Uh, there's been some some movies have been released recently on Blu-ray. Have you been? Did you have any opportunities to catch any films or catch anything on TV or podcasts? Um, not terribly. I mean, just today we were listening to that podcast. <laughs> that was pretty cool, though. Yeah, we're alive or something. It was called. Yeah, I was listening. To, that was pretty cool. Yeah, I was listening to the latest Skull Bros. Awesome, and and uh, they were talking about that particular podcast was one, something new that they were listening to. So I definitely caught, uh, I think I'm the first, I think they call them chapters. I'm in the season one. I mean, they're through their fourth, I'm through their fourth chapter and I'm just, uh, they're great. They're nice short shows. Um, so that you can, you know, if you're the kind of person that doesn't have the time to maybe listen to another two hour podcast and you want something that's quick, you're into zombies. It's a modern zombie kind of end of the world thing. Um, I think it's a, you know, you'd think, uh, something like a World War Z or, or, uh, Zombieland or something like that. Uh, it's a little more on the, on, it seems like it's a little more on the upside and it definitely focuses a lot on the trials and tribulations of, uh, the people that are, are being, you know, kind of gathered up and, and, uh, it, I, I found it very enjoyable. So it's, uh, definitely an A plus. They're very, kind of think of the those old radio uh shows where they would talk you through the entire whatever whatever was yeah, going exactly. on and, and you know voice out yeah, some action it's not really narrated or anything like that either it's just all kind of voice acting yeah it's pretty cool yeah no i really enjoyed it it's been a, it's been a great find um otherwise uh yeah def- definitely that podcast i haven't really uh, caught anything that jumped out of uh, jumped out at me recently? I've been kind of fiddling with the uh, uh, so long. Thanks for all the fish. The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy series of audiobooks. Um, those have been those have been. I've never read actually read the books. I had seen the the motion picture uh, not that long ago, and I liked it, but I hadn't seen the book or I hadn't read the book, so I had no real expectation based off of what it was based off of. So for me, it was a very enjoyable film. I, I really liked it. I've watched it several times since. And going back now and listening to the audio books, I'm like, well, they did, they changed quite a bit, but I, I'm still waiting to get to the, to the end before I make my final verdict, but I've really, <laughs> I've really enjoyed them. I'm through the third one now and looking forward to my next batch of audible credits so I can, Go ahead and get the final two of the trilogy and uh, finish it up. Cool. You know, the five-book trilogy. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, that's kind of that's kind of my geek stuff I've been looking at. Now, I kind of, the way I'm listening to you here, uh, 
Have you? You didn't really get any games recently of of anything? Board no. games? Yeah, nothing at all. No, no roller mandatory roller derby, cards against humanity or anything. I avoid that like the play. <laughs> did, did you? Did you see? I know there's the bigger blacker box. Yeah, Tina we, has. It. We got it. Yeah, I don't know. I. I I don't know. I just don't like that game. <laughs> like, I don't like apples to apples to begin with, like that kind of game. And then, uh, yeah, the cards I, against humanity, it's like it's trying too hard to be funny and it just isn't funny to me at all. And everybody's like super into it usually and it just ends up being obnoxious. And I think what put me, like usually I'd put my foot in whatever play if everybody's going to play, but now I kind of avoid it. There was one party we had where I think it went on for like, almost two hours or something like that. And like we recycled the fricking deck <laughs> and I'm like, That's this is rough. really, really like lame. I don't know, but I don't know. A lot of people seem to like it. That's for sure. No, it, it's a lot. Of, it's a lot of fun. I enjoy it. It's usually, you know, I'm kind of in the same boat. I like it for about 20 minutes. Yeah. And then after yeah, that, that would be, it gets a little repetitive and whatever, but it, it's, it seems to have been a good party game. I was just going to say that it's really a party game. And if you've got a good house of like say ten or fifteen or twenty people, you start getting a decent rotation of people through, so that it's not the same person. Like there are people that just sit there and can play that game for hours and hours yeah. and hours, <laughs> and that's what they do, and that's it cool. It just that's doesn't click for me. <laughs> but you know, like I said, I I'm good for about twenty minutes, and I get kind of bored of the mechanic, and I want to go do something else. Yeah, I just think I have too much gamer for a party game. It's like I don't know. I want the game to be a game. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah no i yeah we did we did get the they just came out with a bigger blacker box and i did pick that up uh for tina because she was like i must have yeah and so yeah she enjoyed she enjoyed it she finally put out it is nice we were it did come with some new cards which all have like boxes the theme in the cards <laughs> and uh and they and it has now enough space for because there's the you can actually hold them all in one box. Easily, there's okay. plenty of room yet for plenty more cards. Yeah, I was wondering what it was going to be because it looked like a pretty big box. For yeah, it. it's basically just one a of the, holder for everything. Yeah, it's basically a big card box that yeah. has some cool little dividers, and then came with like another hundred, hundred fifty cards for the game. So, uh, I picked up a pile of board games recently too. So, I'm looking forward to hopefully getting a chance to play some of those. Uh, some of them are kind of new to me and some of them I've played before, but I want to get you, I want to get a chance where I can get uh, hopefully some time on some of these Sundays coming up. I know we're looking at a very busy next three weeks, yeah. but hopefully <laughs> some Sundays where we can play some of those games, maybe get another person or two over and be able to come back on the show and talk about those in our, our, uh, gaming spotlight. Because be it's cool. always nice to feature uh, those kind of things, just to give you some exposure. You know, we are definitely this is a Warhammer Fantasy show, but we like to talk about some of those other games and get that kind of exposure out there. Because I think I don't think I've ran across a, a Warhammer player that doesn't have at least their toes in the water when it comes to board gaming. They all seem to enjoy that aspect. I would think so. Gamer is a gamer. It's well, <laughs> I, I know like RPGers know. that are really hardcore RPGers. That's true. I know I know Magic players that are I should say CCGers that are very hardcore CCGers, and that's all they play. They don't touch uh, barely anything. Um, but I think from miniatures gaming, it's such a natural kind of progression from miniatures to board games because we have these you know visual, very visual yeah. components. 
you know, to go back and forth. So it's not like it's a changeover or anything either. I mean, you play the board game for like the few hours or whatever it takes. So it's not like a hobby or anything, but it'll just be a fun thing to try. Yeah. And it's almost always, uh, at least with a board game, a far more consistent rule set. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and, and more well balanced. Everybody's got usually about the same amount of chance to win. Well, I'm not complaining here. I'm not here to complain <laughs> about Warhammer. I love the, I love the Dickens out of the game. So, gaming, though, otherwise, I did get a chance to play Dreadball, finally. Locally at the last square here in town, we've got a Dreadball League. So, they got their Season 3 League. So, we got using all full Dreadball up to Season 3 rule set, which is basically a Season 3, I think, added mostly uh, just some additional teams for the most part. I haven't seen. I don't know the game well enough to know that. Um, but How many teams are there now? Was it was that originally just orcs and humans or something? There was four teams because they had the oh, really? the space rats, the corporation, which is the humans, the space orcs, and I'd like to say there was one other team at launch. Oh, the Forge Fathers. So there were the dwarfs. Oh, really? Oh, okay. So they had those four at launch, and then season two expanded that. And now in season three, they've got like space monkeys and, <laughs> really? and uh, some arachnid things. It's all robot team, I think. That makes sense. So there's they've there's definitely been expanding on that. What's the game actually play like then? I guess I'd ever. It's it's very similar to Blood Bowl in in kind of the idea of the game, but they uh you know so there's a pitch, there's players. You you play with six guys on the pitch. You have a team of up to eight guys. There's a when you play in a, the campaign mode, like the league mode, like we're playing in. There's experience for your players for doing some some crazy things, but the experience mechanic is not as complex as Blood Bowl. It's a little, it's a, it's quite a bit easier. The to, Blood Bowl one's rather complex. It's 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 not like so. that's. It, I mean, that wasn't that complex either, really. I but suppose. it's there's just a lot. You know, there's, of there's a lot more possibilities. From. Like every time you throw a successful pass, you get a track. I mean, that's a track. That's an experience sure. point. That's taken out of Dreadball. Uh, me- uh, the mechanics most of the time are based on rolling three dice, three d six, and comparing them against the appropriate attribute, and then there are. Ways to get additional dice or to cause your opponent to lose dice when they have to make checks. Are you like adding them up total? In yeah. So, dice? well, you're not adding them up. You're looking for numbers of successes. Oh, okay. So maybe I have a. Oh, to do a certain action or yeah. whatever you need so many. Well, you or usually like how good do, you are. Usually, yeah, usually it's a level of oh, how okay. good you are. Usually it's you need one success to succeed. So if like I want to pick up the ball. I think it's an agility check to pick up the ball, sure. which, like, the humans are all four pluses. So, okay, I go to four plus to pick up the ball. Oh, hey, I got one success. That's great. But if I get two, if I double the number of successes I need, usually something bonus can happen. Like, oh, hey, I rolled, I picked up the ball, because once you stop, you, your turn ends. So if I moved a space, I got, like, a movement five, and I move a space, and I'm now in the space of the ball. If you that player's it ends. move, that player's move ends. As soon as they successfully pick up the ball, oh, okay. they don't get to continue their move. So you might be able to do more so if you get the if you, few good rolls. So if you double your, if you double what you needed for success, then you can pick up the ball and then basically get a new new action. You get a free action to either move or pass or hmm. move and pass. You have to choose to do that, or if you do roll the two, if you, you can do, do, if oh, you okay. get the success, then you get the you get that free action. I was just wondering if it was a double or nothing kind of. <laughs> and the the other thing that's interesting with the game is unlike Blood Bowl, where you can move each player, 
on your team once before and, and do resolve them. Is it just alternating players? You, you no, know, you have you have a certain number of chits. Okay. So in these chits, I think it's five or six. I think kind of like five. bolt action works. So or? you no, you pick up nope. a you, so you <laughs> so you take a chit and you and you activate a guy. Okay. Then you take your second chit, and you could activate that same guy a second time. Sure. You can't activate a guy more than twice. So if a guy, say, had the ball, and he was deep on your own side of the pitch, you could activate him, do a sprint move, which is a double move, and then do a normal move, toss the ball, and score a point. <laughs> wow. So if you were able, if you managed to successfully toss it in the, sure. in the little hoop. And the other thing is that there's, there's, so there's three, on the, on your opponent's side of the board, there's three scoring zones. And any score, you have to be in the scoring zone before apparently the, the digital hoop would light up on the, in the, in the real stadium would so light up. Once you're in one of those and, spots, then you can make yes. a roll to score. And one of those spots of the zone scores one more point than the rest of the zone. So the zones that are closest to your side of the board sure. score one point normally and two points for the for the special spot, and then the zone there's one zone that's very far that's the furthest from you. Mm-hmm. That zone scores if you score inside that zone, it's worth three, and the special spot's worth four. Mm-hmm. It makes it kind of a neat mechanic to for scoring, and then scoring isn't I don't track you don't track your points and I track mine. It's yeah. just this. Slider bar that goes back, it's, you know, starts at zero. Like, kind of like tennis. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's somebody you might get if you score one point and then on my turn, and then I score on my turn three points. It goes back. It to isn't, it goes, nothing. I would be up to two rather than, I would be a plus two, or it would slide to the plus two side on my side of the board rather sure. than me having three and you having one. So it's kind of a neat way to handle scoring. So overall, I really enjoyed the game. I'm really looking forward to my next league game. Apparently, we're doing it so you could organize and have up to two league game, two games count towards a league for each whatever league session, league league week, and then any other games that you have, you wouldn't take suffer the penalties if you, or be able to count the experience for. Hmm. But you could still play your team. So I did kind of get beat up pretty bad in the first game, and I had actually three kill, three of my guys die, which was kind of rough. <laughs> I wasn't able to necessarily spend the income from that match to the best effect, but it wasn't as bad as like losing a guy in Blood Bowl. Like I had three guys die. Well, with the way season two mechanics work, I can scrap two. I can scrap all three of those guys for four or five their units of measure for money, monetary credits, or whatever they call them. And then I was able to, plus the, with the winnings I got from the game, I was able to pick up two replacement guys. So I'm really just down one. And since I only need six on the pitch at any time, I'm really just down one, get one guy for the next game in none of my skilled positions. Were you running the space orcs? Is I that am, what you painted? Or? I am playing the human corporation for my first league. Not orcs, man. No. <laughs> uh, I was, I'll be quite honest. I picked the human corporation because I felt it would be quicker to paint. There would be less colors. Sure. So that's, that's why I did it. Really enjoying the game. Good game. The other game I've got, and I think I'll save that until after we take a break. Since we're kind of into the 30 plus minute point <laughs> Already? here. Holy crap. That was with the new Dark Elves. And I think that's when we get taught, we've, we want to go ahead and just do a little talk about the new book it'll and, fit together, and yeah. first impressions. It'll fit really well into that. So at this point, let's go ahead and take a break and we come back. We'll continue our discussion and get into uh, new Dark Elves. 
what what what's that place? The last the last circle? The the last triangle? No wait, the last square. That's what it is. The last square located on O'Dana Road. Have you been there? Yeah. Yeah, they have the huge selection of miniatures, everything from five millimeter scale all the way up to twenty five, twenty eight, everything you could imagine. Yeah, it's the basically the war game store of Madison, Wisconsin. With every wargaming need you can just about imagine or think you wanted, and a lot of things you didn't even know you wanted. Exactly. They also have model railroads and rockets. All sorts of good stuff for the geek in ya. All right. And if you can't get to the square, you can always check them out on their website, thelastsquare.com. Exactly. Okay, okay, we're back. Another spot from the sound effects board. It is a, it is a great sound effects board. It's the best <laughs> one ever made. Okay, so kind of pick up where we were living off. Some dark elves. Dark elves. So Brian, you've got a chance to at least look at the some of the new kits. I picked up almost everything brand new that they came out with that release. So you were able to see the kits I owned. Uh, yeah, we you didn't get them out of the box or anything. No. But they're still in the shrink wrap. Just from the box. Yeah. But you're at least able to see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, are, what are your first impressions on some of the new models? Do you think there's anything really cool there, or was it all garbage? Nothing too cool. I guess I like the update to the witch elves. It's probably the main thing that stands out to me, is just to have some new models for them finally. The models themselves weren't like super impressive, but they're nice new models for sure. Although the price tag seems pretty steep to me, I don't. Yeah, I don't know how they can be what sixty bucks for the ten of them for the core units now. Yeah, <laughs> it seems crazy. So yeah, if you hadn't I don't heard, know what's up with that? If you hadn't heard, the Dark Elves had just recently come out. At this point, they've been out for a week. The new kits were they came out with a new Shadow Blade, which I don't have actually, and then they came out with a new Witch Elf kit. What are the Shadow Blades? Shadow Blade is a special character oh, model. It is. Okay. He he's been with he's been I think Shadowblade's been in every Dark Elf book that I've ever seen. So he's been around for pretty much forever. Huh. And almost every time they come out with a new book, they come out with a new model for him. Oh really? Yeah. He so, isn't the like the squid face dude. No, he's like, like the super assassin. Oh okay. That makes sense. So it sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah, you don't see him. You used to see him quite a bit back in fifth edition because he he would infiltrate a unit, and then when he would <laughs> I pop, do remember that when now. he would explode yeah. when he would expose him, you would just kill the living dickens out of whatever <laughs> he was in contact with. And if for whatever reason ever he died, you just basically placed a three uh, three inch round template where he was, and everything that was under that template died too. <laughs> <laughs> so he would just leave just massive sweat swaths of death and. Well, he was the master of assassins, the greatest assassin in the world. So, yeah, That's it made cool. kind of sense. <laughs> and now if you do that, he's still a toughness three elf. He does have ASF, but chances are you're going to lose him in the first or second round because he's still only two wounds and whatever. At least he was in the last book. I'm not too hip on his stats in the current book. So I, I haven't considered him in a list yet. But you did build a list. I did build the list. Let's go ahead and just recap the other new kits. So you have the witch oh, elves. Yeah. You have the witch elves, which you can also build the sisters of slaughter out of. So, what do you? Th- you talked about a little bit about what you thought about the witch elves. What about the sisters of slaughter? The I chicks think with the whips. Their helmets are just weird. I like. I don't know. They're <laughs> just weird with the helmets. Like yeah. you were talking about, just modeling. If you did want to model them, just still use the witch elf head, but have the whip weapons or whatever they are. 
Definitely. It's definitely what I've been considering when I build those. And that would make enough sense. And since I'm pretty sure I've got three boxes of the Raging Heroes, which else we actually finally, we finally popped one of the boxes open today. <laughs> For the first and, time. Yeah, since I got them at Gen Con. They're definitely an awesome model you might have missed though. Yeah, I think we talked about them uh, in one of the segments. Probably, yeah. Um, and uh, or one of the, or once a ton of time back when Paul was still on the show. And they are phenomenal witch elf models. And I can definitely see where if Games Workshop was sizing themselves up with these current witch elf models against the Raging Heroes models, I can see because they have a lot of that same kind of motion in their poses that the witch elves do from Games Workshop. So... I definitely think uh, going forward, these kits of Witch Elves that I buy, these Witch Elf Sisters of Slaughter kits, I'm going to build them as Sisters of Slaughter personally. because that's, sure. And then I'll use the Raging Heroes ones as the actual uh, Witch Elves that I'll have in my list. I, I like them a little bit better, I think, for that role. That'd be cool. Yeah, just the Sisters of Slaughter, their masks are really weird. They just, I don't know, look odd to me. Sure. They don't even look like chicks or anything. <laughs> They're just weird kind of goofy masks sure. on them. If they still had hair, maybe that, or if you added yeah. hair to them, that would maybe be a little better and just had the mask. But it's like a full helmet thing. Now, from the fluff perspective, and Tina was talking about it a little bit, or, they're supposed yeah, to be like these gladi- gladiator chicks. That makes and sense. And so it helmet, would make sense. Yeah, they'd have a little bit of a helmet. But then if they were gladiatorial fighters, don't you think they'd put on a little more clothes too? <laughs> Maybe a little armor? Nonsense. But a but apparently that that uh, clothes on female models does not sell well to the <laughs> to the target market. So therefore, we have uh, witch elves that are and uh, sisters of slaughter that that aren't wearing a whole lot. But Slightly and I nothing. think I think in our opinion needed to wear a little less. <laughs> <laughs> so the next up on the new kits was the dread spears, dark shards, and bleak swords kit. They basically that's basically just your core the, warriors, pretty yep, much, right? Basically, the replacement box to the old core warriors box. Now, the old warriors box, by the the box, what I what is this? I cannot speak. The old core warriors box had the the warriors with the giant monkey fists <laughs> for sure. Uh, and these definitely have corrected that. And I think the detail on some of the bits, uh, the weapons and whatnot, are uh, really quite They're wow. Crossbows, like the crossbows are crazy. were awesome. A couple of things to note: you have in this this kit, you have the ability to take now uh, a dark elf warriors essentially with hand weapon shield, uh-huh. with spear and shield, or with repeater crossbow and no shield, no shield. So guess what? Konzi has <laughs> modeled on most of his repeater crossbows that he currently has in the old style warrior. A lot of uh, shields are glued to their backs. So I'm definitely going to be taking... I bought two boxes of these. I'll be definitely taking those and turning them into repeater crossbows. And the repeater crossbows are honestly on these guys look far better than the old ones. I was just going to say, I mean, they have a lot more style to them. Um, you did comment a little bit about the hel- the, the helmets and the heads looked very high elfy. They could definitely... Yeah, I think the old dark elves look more... I don't know, maybe it's just because I'm used to them. But these ones, I mean, they don't really have that dark elf look to them. Like, if you painted them not like dark elves they could be high elves now if you ask me now i got uh, the one of the hosts from garage hammer chris you is has been talking a little bit about doing 
uh, Nagarlith, uh, which is a part of Ulthuan, yeah, uh, high elf army, and he saw these, and you know, they, they'd probably making, be perfect for that. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I might end up. I've got a lot of the old dark elf heads, and I, and you're right. I was kind of thinking about that. I'm going to see how when I'm doing the builds, and I think these hell heads might be actually built into the models. I haven't actually looked at the sprues that yeah, well. They could be. Um, but if if they're not, I might try to do a head swap or something with him to see if he can if he wants the heads off these. Yeah. Otherwise, Let's, from their hands being promotional, uh, it there. does look like the heads are part of the part of the actual. So it looks like the the legs, torso, and at least one of the arms is mostly on the model. So that's unfortunate. But what are you going to do? Can you, one model, I think, and the kid has no head. Otherwise, they're not too much different from the old ones. Just kind of the new helm, and their hands are proportional, and the weapons are pretty cool. But yeah, other than exactly. that, nothing too strikingly new. They're still skirty <laughs> elves. Exactly. Now, one of the other kits, and possibly one of the most controversial kit out there, Ooh. as far as what people think of it, would be the new Charybdis slash War Hydra kit. And I, I be honest, that kit does not do it for me. And that's not just the paint jobs. Now, Mrs. Conzie was quite the opposite. I think she, <laughs> she did not care for the paint job, but liked the model. Both of them? Um, both of them. So, um, I, I have a feeling she's probably going to put the foot down at some point and make me buy one, but. Yeah, you didn't. I'm going to put it off also. for a long time. That is the one kit, the one real kit. I didn't get the new Shadow Blade either, but the one of the new actual unit kits, monster kits, and that kind of thing that I did not get, the, the new big plastic kits. Yeah, I didn't I get a it. really good look at it since you didn't buy it. I kind of, I mean, I've seen the pictures before, but I think it's more along the lines of the direction I'd like to see the Hydra be at. I mean, it seems more seaworthy <laughs> slightly or whatever, but I don't know. It's not anything spectacular yeah i was and like you said it's not the paint job this time really yeah i i'm not a i'm not a fan of it they i i then th- it, it doesn't help that the but i'm you know I, i'm not stellarly thrilled by the rule sets for for either of them either so it doesn't make me like like it's really cool that you get that they've moved the hydra to special but the fact that it's not really good <laughs> Um, doesn't make me want to take a whole lot of them. And while I already own, I own two of a very old style Hydra and one of the last edition style Hydra. Uh, the Hydras had their time. I'm, I'm, yeah. They had their glory. Yeah. That, that doesn't mean that they should really suck it too bad now. I mean, they, sh- they definitely needed to come back in line, but I think they, they went a touch overkill in, in bringing them back in line and that, and yeah, that I th- hurts. I think it's mostly just the regen thing that's kind of wonky. Yeah, I don't even mind that. I, th- I think the fact that they have handlers ba- on the bases and don't get any attacks out of them, that doesn't what, make... you can't kill a whole unit with the handlers anymore? <laughs> well, they couldn't do it before. I mean, they were still straight... I, I mean, there were three... They they were, were, the problem was uh, there was three attacks per handler. Yeah, If you got them back down to an attack stupid. and an additional hand weapon, it wasn't, it wasn't that bad. Uh, it was just silly. They were still strength three. Take away the armor piercing. It's not. It's not like it's a big deal. It's not. And like it's, it's annoying. You of, could never kill this jerks until the hydra was dead. Well, when the hydra's dead. They would just pull them off. Exactly. And, but so, anyways, moving on. We'll go ahead and talk a little bit about the cauldron of blood, the and slash blood rack shrine kit. So this is uh, a brand. This is the, the last of the brand new kits. 
that came out in this book, and this thing's pretty crazy awesome. You like it a lot? I love this model. I like I, it a bit, and I don't know. It'd be cool to see the size of it. I think it's another one of the huge things. Too. It is huge. It's, is it along the lines of the, like the vampire thingies? Yeah, it is Pretty huge. Much. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be big. See, it just—I don't know. It seems ridiculously big for me. I guess it makes a little more sense for the altar pain or whatever, whatever cauldron of blood. There we go. Yeah, the cauldron <laughs> of blood. It makes slightly more sense for that, but it's just—I don't know. Now, I see terrain features like crazy out of this thing, too. So, I mean, I'm going to pick up... I already have it kind of slotted in the back of my head once I have this one built and done that I'm going to build up... A, I'm going to go out and pick up a second one just to have the other variation of it. But yeah, then and then I, you'll still have a ton of extra bits being that the yeah. two come in the kit. But then I'm also looking at... um This is... I, I may have ended up, ended up picking up a third one just to turn into terrain or add two yeah. things because this, you know, this is great. Like the stairs are this great, you know, evil looking stairs part of it. And that's the only part on the, on the whole kit that I'm like, eh, <laughs> I don't know if I buy into a, a giant thing that they're hauling out to war in the front of the unit and the first thing leading up to it. As you ram it into an enemy's unit as, as part of the charge with your witch elf unit that it's joined, is this elegant staircase that leads up to the boiling pot of blood. Uh, well, wait, nothing, what? nothing's really pulling the thing either. Anyway, it's so how the heck's magically it moving? moving. <laughs> oh yeah, they alluded to that in the in the unit. It's not pushed or anything by the unit, which is something I'm gonna like. I have the the really old, um, the old version of the the cauldron, which yeah. was also I mean the old version of the cauldron. When it came out, it, it had wheels on it. The very, very old one. Not the last version, the uh-huh. one before it. It had wheels on it. It didn't have any mechanism pulling it. So that's not a yeah. far stretch for them. At least it was like more reasonably sized for hauling it around. Yeah. And I've got one that I've been building, and this is on a bit bigger base, which is makes me really excited because I wanted to put like some chaos marauders that were going to be pushing it or pulling it, and now it's the the, ba- the extra space on the base makes it perfect for me to actually add those components because I was really pushing <laughs> it hard to try to get it all to fit on a chariot base. So um, going, I'm looking forward to getting back to that now, and I'll have to rebase it and get one of these new these new bases that this thing goes on. But, yeah, it's going to be really cool to be able to get back and finish that model up. And I had modernized it with the old metal witch elves, too, at Uh the time. So it'll be really cool to get back and finish up that project now. So, yeah, that's all the new kits. Um, And we kind of highlighted on them. We'll do a a more formal full book review after we've had a few – uh, times to play the chances to play the list and we after we get to there's been a lot of other new books that have come out we've kind of kind of skipped or or just highlighted over that we need to do some book reviews on too so uh dark elves just happened to be something that i play and and you seem I'd excited be, <laughs> i i was really excited i mean it's one of the my it's one of the first two armies i ever owned yep. so it's really exciting to ever to be in, involved in it and when the book came out that dick that day when we picked them up, I picked it up and I had all the kits laying in the basement table. I happened to be gone for the afternoon or something like that. I was I was out of the house and I I texted Mrs. Mrs. Conzi and <laughs> and I'm like, hey, uh, you know, if you want to check it out, the stuff's downstairs. And she, when I got home, she's like, yeah, I just read through all the fluff on all this all this stuff and and she's like, I I really want to play Warhammer now. I want to play <laughs> these guys. These these guys. This sounds awesome. So it's nice that. 
it's gotten her attention and it's and unlike like the Grateful Undead, which was a project that she had to execute and go through the the army building process, she this is one where we awesome. already have yeah. well, we already <laughs> have the models built and painted for the most part. So That's there'll be true. there will be some cracking of the whip at some point for Benny to to for the for the, for, me, for me to go ahead and get some new witch elves done for her, get some <laughs> to get that witch elf unit up to size. But other than that, uh, she's she's gonna probably actually play some games here. Hopefully, I can get her involved with say like the escalation league hopefully we'll get that launched here in uh sometime next month yeah, here the last fair. And, yeah get her get her going um especially since she's not played any of Athad, which i think <laughs> no. is a it's an addition that she'll like playing i would think so just Most because everybody of the, likes it. I mean, well yeah. and your units roll so many more dice and so that makes it just that much more entertaining right from yeah. there so Okay, so we we had highlighted that I had played a game with the Dark Elves recently. I didn't. so the new book came out, and of course, the first opportunity I had to go down to the games, the, the game night at Tuesday night down to the square, I pen and papered up uh, an army list. Following the Conzie's challenge. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I had to follow Conzie's challenge rules. So none of the none of the nothing that was unpainted, no new units, and I let me tell you, I. It's been a long time since I wrote up a army list by hand. Usually, I get a new army book, and I, I'm happy. I'm content <laughs> waiting until army until I get an army builder update. And I wasn't content waiting, and that was a pain in the neck. I don't know how you guys do <laughs> do it out there that don't have army builder or some other army creation app, uh, application that you can just choose the unit, choose how big, and it does all the points calculations. And you can go through army building in a hurry, but doing it by hand and then getting where you're getting to the end of the list and you're having to try to fine tune things by maybe a couple models here, a couple models there, and you're having scratching, scratching out adjustments here and adjustments there and trying to remember if you're making all the, uh, core special rare or hero and lord, <laughs> lord requirements percentages. That's a pain in the neck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I still always handwrite mine. I should really get an army builder thing, but. So yeah, I uh, uh, let me know and I'll I'll help you out with that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's uh, that was brutal. I spent I spent <laughs> a long time. I remember why I used to like doing that though, because you would you would spend spend more time reading the actual rules for what your stuff did the first time or two or, first time or two through the book. And so I I was pretty up when I got to the table. I was pretty up on. On the rules for the models that I was that I had selected, but there was still some referencing for some of the, the for some of the changes I wanted to re- I had to reference the book the the army book quite a bit for. But I played it was against the first time out. Paul actually showed up down to to last square on Tuesday this last week, and he he had his all night goblin list, and he had these Forge World squig spitters. These are basically giant squigs that spit giants. Volumes of squigs at things. <laughs> really? They can't move except for when something gets within 12 inches or something of them. Then they have to check the charge or they just have to charge or something. I don't remember what he said, but they were really brutal. The squig bombardments were like strength four armor piercing or something. So they were just really brutal to my dark elves. Wow. But yeah, it was really cool. Little unit looked nice. I, I can't say I'd want to add one, uh, to my orcs and goblins, but 
I, I thought they were a cool, neat little addition. They definitely fell into the Night Goblin fluff and, and looked cool on the table. So I was really glad to play Paul. And, and it was a very, very, uh, you know, usually I, I'd say in the past me and Paul have had really, um, grr games where we really kind of just argue about every little detail. And this wasn't one of those games. It was very relaxed, very, I, maybe that was partially how I approached it because I was bringing an army that I knew I wasn't going to be competitive with and I knew wasn't, uh, really optimized for gameplay. It was, you know, just more of a, I just want to see what some of this new stuff does. What was your list? So, actually? yeah, let's talk about that next. So, my list, we were playing 2,200 points. That's what I wrote up, and I did not want to have to go back to pen and paper to have to adjust my list, and I did not bring much for extra models. So, Paul was pl- was kind enough to drop points for me. He had 2,400? He had twenty. He had 2,000, then he had a 2,400-point list, so he just dropped points from sure. his 24. So, I started out, I wanted to bring a... I wanted to play the... Heavy spell casting lists. That's one of the things that, at least in previous eighth edition armies, I've really enjoyed. So I brought a level four with more of dark, actually. And I took the sacrificial dagger on her. You want to know how many times I used the sacrificial dagger in this game? Zero. None. Yep. (laughs) Didn't need it. Uh, no, it was, we ended up rolling meeting engagement and my level four showed up on the table, but the, 20 repeater crossbowmen <laughs> she was supposed to join to be able to sacrifice did oh, yeah. not so she ended up joining a unit of shades and then you, it would just i couldn't didn't afford want to, to stab them. Sa- yeah i couldn't <laughs> afford to sacrifice shades why did you pick dark magic just to try it i wanted out? to try it just sure. to, okay. just to try it i wanted to see it and i wanted to see it on a big caster to see if i gets because that was gonna be my best shot at i was getting just wondering if something off. really stood out to you or something no Okay. I then brought a Pegasus Riding Dreadlord with a Cloak of Twilight, which is a new item in the Dark Elf book. Hmm. It's basically a 3-plus ward save against uh, against missiles, and then it gives you D3 wounds and killing blow on the charge. That's pretty cool. So, yeah, it was kind of nice. Um, and being on the Pegasus, it was nice to be able, because I'd be able, I know I'd be able to get him to where I might need a killing blow something. Not get shot in the process. Yep, and then be able to give him that, cause you don't have the Pendant of Kaleth anymore to kind of basically make him an un- <laughs> the, the old unkillable Drug Lord build. I upgraded him to heavy armor. Uh, the Dark Elf characters, the Lords and Heroes now come with light armor base. So you have to upgrade to heavy armor on those, um, if you want that. So I, I did that on him. I gave him an enchanted shield. And a Shrieking Blade to help him with uh, fear. And just in case I had to play demons or something like that, I didn't want to have to whiff a, a fear check. And then I finally gave him the Dragon Bane Gem. It was one of those last-minute tweaks because I had a few points left over. Sure. Uh, so he was, uh, you know, typical dude on Pegasus to kind of get out there. And, and I, I want to note that mo- almost this entirety of the list was kind of a denial chaff list. There was not a lot of big substance-type units to it at all. The old classic Dark Elves. Yeah, very, very old classic, maybe, you know, sixth ed, seventh, you know, early seventh ed Dark Elves when you were dealing with that old book that wasn't really that good. Next up, uh, I originally made the list, so I did have some blocks. Like I started putting the, when I first built the list, I pointed out a big block of Blackguard, I pointed out a big block of Spear Elves, and so in that build, I had taken a, a, a Master as a Battle Standard Bearer. And in hindsight, I probably should have dropped him because he did nothing for him. In fact, I would say uh, we've we've kind of said as a rule of thumb for eighth ed Warhammer, you need to take a BSB. Uh-huh. 
I don't the think elves. the Dark Elves have to take one anymore because, especially if you're playing a list like I was playing, he, he doesn't add anything. Your stuff's all over the place. It's very mobile. It's all over the table. You he know, used to you help got, your black guard out quite a bit, though. Yes, but I don't get the they don't. I don't have that weapon, that plus two strength weapon oh, okay. anymore in the Dark Elf book. I can take the forty point one out of the whatever, but then I can't get a one up armor save. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, on your character very easily, so it's it's kind of a uh, eh, I don't know. I mean, if I was taking more of an infantry list, I could see him. Um, I could see taking a taking one and dropping him in a unit of blackguard or maybe executioners um, and kitting him out appropriately for those units. I then took two additional level two sorceresses, one with a dispel scroll, and uh, one of the new things with the dark elves is you have access to all eight of the new magic lore or all eight of the book lores. Oh, really? Wow! On top of the lore of dark. And so on one, I took the Lore of Beasts, and the other one I actually took Lore of Life on. And not so much that I wanted Lore of Life for, like, (laughs) Dwellers, but I wanted it for the Signature spell because that restores wounds on multiple... No, it restores wounds on multiple uh, multiple wound models. Oh, really? And with the Dark Elves, there's a lot of multiple wound models. Yeah, you can't restore, like, a wound to a model that... It comes with a signature spell as the word save, but the you mean lore the attribute? attribute. Yeah, oh, the lore okay. attribute. Sorry, I thought okay. <laughs> yeah, the yeah, lore the attribute, attribute you can heal. Yeah, yeah. Every time the you lore heal attribute the heal. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was really good because I had then I then took uh, there was a couple of hydras in the list uh, that I upgraded with the flaming breath weapon, and I'm like, okay, if thought if I can't get the wounds back from the four up regen or the four up getting wounds back ability, I would get it on. Yeah, I would get them on. The Laura Life ability, so multiple ways to get those wounds back on the Hydras. For core, I took two units of five Dark Riders. One I had a musician with, and the other one I had a banner with. Uh, both of them I upgraded with repeater crossbows, and the only real difference I took the banner in one and the musician in the other is because that's, that's your mom. I mean, I had that's what I have to play with. I didn't. The rest of my Dark Riders were so beat up that things are missing on the models. Uh, you know, heads of the horses have busted off and stuff <laughs> over the years that. I didn't want to spend a lot of time fixing them. I then took two units of 10 Dark Shards. Actually, I took one unit of 10 Dark Shards and one unit of 20 Dark Shards, sorry. And that's the repeater crossbows. The one, the unit of 20 uh, Dark Shards, I upgraded with a banner and gave them the standard of discipline. Now, the intention was to have the level, level four, four in there. In there <laughs> so now I have a block with leadership. You know, Not only does she got the sack dagger in there for potentially additional panic checks, but it would make the block leadership 10. Mm-hmm. She's leadership 9, the plus 1 for the standard discipline. So I thought that was going to be a sound tactic. The scenario didn't play into it, though. So i got to tell you, i got to yell at Paul's dice for rolling a terrible <laughs> scenario and then my dice for uh, not letting the that unit deploy. Next up in the special side, I already talked about the War Hydras, but I also took two units of six shades. I kind of mentioned the shades earlier because that was where the, the one unit. But I took two units of six shades. And then I took two repeater bolt throwers, so the two of the repeater bolt throwers. And they've come down from 100 points to 70 points, which makes them That's far more viable. Yeah, yeah. yeah, far more viable. They're also moved into the special, s- special slots, so you're not burning those rare points on it. Not that I think there's a lot of Dark Elf rare that you even care to buy. Is that similar to the High Elf cr- repeaters? Yes, the same. They're it's exactly identical. the same now? Oh, okay, that's cool. I did exactly identical. So um, that rounds out the list. I ended up at 2198 um, in points. I had... Uh, I thought I had a good list. Um, I found out real quick the Hydra. I ended up with one Hydra 
with the running with the dreadlord kind of straight up to gut while the other hydra did decided he wasn't going to deploy right away and i had to wait a little bit to get him on the board and get him into any kind of position to do anything and by then the first hydra was just gone it was just gone really quick and i was like what happened wow to it? Did you it know it, up in a unit or uh it had a it had taken a couple of wounds and then i and so I charged into uh, his squig hopper unit with that and the dreadlord, and I won the first round of combat barely. I had some of the worst dice I've ever had, but I still, I mean, I figured even if I had terrible dice, I was going to win the combat, and that, and I did. I won the combat. I broke the squig hopper unit, and he, he runs like 30 squig hoppers still, and really? I, at this point, he's got them all painted and built, yeah. so, um, he's finally come to the conclusion, though, like the rest of us did before we ever put, tried to build it, that it was, that unit was terrible, and, <laughs> So I did break it the first round, but I failed to run it down. I whiffed the, I mean, my dice were bad there. And so it got away and it ended up playing a role late in the game. But the, so the Hydra took three wounds out of that. And so on the end of my turn, you know, charging, I roll and I got all three wounds back. I'm like, okay, nice. this is great. <laughs> well, then I charged, uh, or I can't remember if I charged. I think I had to, I basically was in a position where I'm going to charge or he's going to charge. And I was following turn. He's going to have magic to support it. So I charged the Hydra into uh, one of his units of uh, witch or his units of goblins, his night goblins. Mm -hmm. And uh, here was another example of, okay, I charged in. It's just whiff your rolls? Or I didn't even get a chance to roll because he had the poison spell up on him, and he just killed it outright. Five wounds, done. Poison and always strike first or something? Or no, because the Hydra's initiative two. Oh, okay. He has no ASF, <laughs> no nothing, so... Just Poor initiative two, just whoop, dead before I could even swing to a block of night goblins with poison. It was just, I don't know, it was very disheartening. And at that point, I was kind of frustrated because I was really expecting the Hydra to be far better than it was. Eh, I mean, that it, was a pretty rough spot. <laughs> it struggled. It struggled. Gobbles and poison. It struggled on the first block, and then it didn't do anything to the second block. And so, I mean, it was it was disheartening because you, you had such great consistency out of the old one. And I'll be the first one to admit it was way underpointed <laughs> yeah. for what it did. It should have been like a two twenty five, but instead they instead of keeping keeping it close to what it used to be, they completely redid it. And in my opinion, they've made it complete garbage. Like I really <laughs> don't ever want to feel that. I'm sure I will try it again just to remind myself at some point that it doesn't suck as much as I thought in my first impression was. But and I'm usually a firm believer in sticking with the same list two, three games in a row at least before yeah. you make decisions. But the next list, the next variation of this chaff list of mine is they're gone. Boop gone. That's too bad. You know, that's hundred and eighty point that's hundred and eighty points each, three hundred and sixty points that I get back for other stuff that I would want. On top of getting rid of that BSB, I really I start optimizing that denial list of mine. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't know what we'll see in Dark Elf lists if you're not spending all your points on a couple hydras. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I I've uh I've got some some adjustments. I the other adjustment I was gonna say I was I wasn't that impressed with the lore of dark. And it might have been maybe my spell selection, might have been just the way it ended up working out. But I thought the range was a little bit too up close. Like uh, Doom Bolt's a beautiful spell, but it's only range eighteen. You couldn't panic anybody off on the first turn anymore. Uh, you could get them with a black horror, maybe, but I, I, you know, that wasn't. It wasn't so much that I thought the ranges were just uh, a little short, and I, I felt like one of the things that my denial list struggled with really bad. And I knew going up against Paul's horde army 
was going to be a big struggle for me was taking care of the big blocks. Uh-huh. And, like, I could get the chaff. Like, if we had to play a close game, I was pretty confident I could kill his chaff. For sure. And keep from losing most of my stuff. And, in fact, that's pretty much the way it went, and we ended up with a draw at the end. And it was a very close draw. But in hindsight, I probably should, you know, know, with a little fine-tuning of the list and change of the magical lore on my level four, that game goes from being a tight draw to almost assuredly a win in my factor. That's all going to be from so, range primarily then? Well, just changing this ma- the spell lore on the level 4, yeah. you tweak a few of the other things. So just changing the spell. like the, I, So I can't deal with hordes very well. Well, if I swap in that change at level 4 from Lore of Dark, which really, I mean, other than uh, Arnazipple's Black Horror, which is uh, Vortex, Strength Check, or Die, uh-huh. and since there's so much Strength 4 out there nowadays, it's not super great. But switching that from that to Lore of Life, which is uh, then my signature spell dwellers, is 20... I mean. Yeah, Dwellers. <laughs> so every model in the unit takes a strength check or die. Well, that's by far better, you know. Plus, I can start using that, like, uh, I remember how Coop used to do with his Wood Elves. That level 4 of his would target the opponent's level 4. Well, he would target oh. the lo- opponent's level 4 unit because almost every... Uh, almost every level 4 in the game, every wizard in the game, is strength 3 tops. Yep. So your fifty-fifty chance to get rid of your opponent's level four before, you know, before it gets too far in the game, and then you have magic advantage. <laughs> so there's a few things, and having access to it is just brilliant. I've kind of thought about getting. I want to get another Pegasus Rider in there. I think in that chaff list, I'll have to build one up, but that won't be too bad. I'm gonna. I'm kind of curious to see because so we've got these new kits we just talked about. So there's going to be a wave two of new kits, and they show pictures of them in the Dark Elf. You would book. think that would be well. Oh, they, really, they there's already, already, a already picture pictures of, it? of them. Oh, okay. There's already pictures. There's going to be a new Dark Riders kit. There's this new and then on the Dark Riders kit, there's this new Slaneshi unit, or it's a Slaneshi inspired unit that's a rare slot, oh, okay. and they can become like a wizardish kind of thing, a lore shadow. Huh. And then they have the so they have the Dark Riders. They have the Blackguard Executioner's kit. Mm-hmm. They have a new Chariot kit, and pretty much everything else. <laughs> yeah, almost everything else. The only thing that doesn't really get touched is the Hydras, or the, not the Hydras, the uh, Harpies. Yeah, the Cold One Knights and the Corsairs are the big, the only ones that, and those have been fairly recently redone. Yeah, exactly. So, but yeah, the Dark Riders and that are pretty old. Yeah, still. they're really old. So a lot I'm, of the Dark Elf War Angels pretty I'm, old. I'm gonna wait honestly to like do my next. Pegasus Rider, because my current one is based off of a Wood Elf horse. Sure. To do the next one off of uh, an actual Dark Steed. I think that'll be really cool. I'm, I'm not super stoked like how they have the Dark the new Dark Riders kind of leaning over their horses, but they do look like they're really fast. And, and I, I think some of that might be that I just really haven't had a good look at the model yet. Yeah. Um, so, so I'm going to wait and hold my final verdict for that. I definitely want to convert one of those up to a new uh, Pegasus Rider. Sounds cool. I think sure. that'll be cool. And then uh, it should be a very mobile. I think my list will ultimately be a very mobile, very fast, very surgical strike and avoid type army. It'd be cool to see that again, you know. Just remembering the old Dark Elves. Yeah. And that was the list you played for quite a long time because that's all they could really play like at that point. But Exactly. Got to bust the dragon out. Um, you have the big fancy dragon. I do have the big fancy. I want to paint that model up really badly, but I, I <laughs> still not, don't see it working. 
I could, yeah, I'd have to sacrifice the level four. I was just now, say that. now there is a. Can very, you put a level four in the vet track? <laughs> you can actually. Sense, you can actually put know. a level four on there. You can put a wizard on there, uh-huh. or you can put the dreadlord on it. So that's definitely an options you can do. Um, when I look at the army, though, I'm considering doing. Um, I'm doing. Uh, there's an option for. Uh, uh, no magic list, I think, is can be an option in this army, or a very low magic list. That'd be really strange for Dark Elves, but well, I'm sure it would I be think, viable. I think most Dark Elf players, you've always seen them just do it. And I think in in this this current list, there's an item that forces, if you target anything within like 6 inches or 12 inches of this character wearing it, Some they could suffer a thing. miscast on a not only not only irresistible, but also on double ones, on that's any cool. double ones roll. So that's very cool. And then on top of that, you can get a lot of magic. It's pretty easy to get a, quite a bit of magic resistance in the army. Hmm. So you can throw a lot of magic resistance out there to kind of help deal with the magic missiles. And, I always forget about magic resistance. Yeah. So I think you have some options there. You kind of make a very Kainite. Because you think of the old, from the fluff perspective, at least in previous books, Cain was very not magic. Kainite worshippers were very not magic liking. They didn't care for they it. They want to go stab them. Um, yeah, they, wanted, they were very stabby <laughs> against the magic casters. So there's a option there to to go away from magic, I think, with a canite list, with a proper fluffy canite list. The other thing that I think is, and I don't think it's viable at all, but I think it would just be a blast to play and a lot of fun to play, would be a list with the all dragon, the all monsters. You just oh, the dragon, the dragon, the mana core. Well, not they're special. You can have some <laughs> triple, yeah, <laughs> triple hydra, a charybdis or two. You could, you know, fill, you know, fill your core with a lot of dark elf or dark riders. They still ride mana cores too. Um, yep, they have a mana core rider that's cool. available to them. You have the, uh, you have the uh, black, you have the hydra, or you don't. You have the pegasus. I could, I could get a, I could get them. I think in the hero slot, I could, in a, in a like a 2,000 or twenty four hundred point game, I have room to get not only a a mana core rider but a pegasus rider, plus a dragon rider. <laughs> And then get three Hydras, maybe a Charybdis, and then uh, and then have fill up my core as Dark Riders. That'd be pretty cool. So I think that'd be a cool list. I don't know how well it would play, but I think you triple or quadruple charge the monsters into something. You're going to leave a mark. <laughs> you're going to, you know, especially infantry. You're going to thunderstomp your way to victory. Even the crappy new Hydras. Yes, because at that point they have so <laughs> many targets, and you know, in one combat that yeah. it's tough to deal with. So, I, I don't know. That's a lot of Dark Elf talk. Um, we've been kind of going on for a while, so let's go ahead and take another break. And we come back, we'll go ahead and uh, start thinking about what else to talk about. Are you tired of playing the same group of guys in your basement every week? Check out the WWHFB, Wisconsin Warhammer Fantasy Battles League. Check it out at WWHFB.com with regions in Madison, Milwaukee, Stevens, Point, and La Crosse. Anywhere in Wisconsin, you're going to find somebody to play. WWHFB.com. Wisconsin Warhammer Fantasy Battles League. Would you like to know more? <laughs> yeah. Right, we should caveat this with uh, we're back. <coughs> and Brian's choking to death over there. But he's, uh, I've, I got my Starship Troopers rule book and my yeah, Arachnid never, Army never book. I've played up this here. darn game, man. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It, it, but you got to paint some more stuff. I, I have to get a few more bugs. models painted, yes. 
CD. We could do an, we could do a quick intro of the game yeah. with uh, with what I've got done though. So yeah, Starship Troopers is a game by Mongoose Publishing that was made several years ago. It's out of print now. Yeah. Uh, brilliant game. It suffered from a couple of integral miniatures game problems. One was just issues with uh, with Mongoose Publishing and and trying to work with uh, the brilliant product that they had. But the other problem was with it was that it's limited to three factions. And as we all know, you, a game with three factions ultimately doesn't survive very long. It's only as good as the as the uh, name brand that you stamped on it. And since they stamped the Starship Troopers name on it, it wasn't popular enough to overcome that. Not like, say, some of the superheroes games where you have uh, uh, the superheroes clicks games and those kind of things where it really is how do hero, you know, I guess you get a little bit of that comic book heroes versus bag or heroes versus heroes, but ultimately, yeah, this doesn't make a lot of sense sometimes for these guys to be fighting each other. Same thing with Starship <laughs> Troopers. It doesn't make sense that mobile infantry would be fighting mobile infantry. So how do you have a really good tournament structure? Same thing with like the Lord of the Rings game. One of the things it's always struggled yeah. by is yeah, how do you play this game in tournaments? It seems very similar in that regard. And the fact that you have to have bigger lists and bigger games, you just never. It was never able to develop that kind of a scene on top of some real issues from the publisher. Like they, they had a really good game and it was selling okay. And then they decided that they were going to make a pre, they were going to turn it into a pre-painted plastics. And then, so they started pulling all their product off the shelf and then they decide, and then for whatever reason that fell apart and ultimately there was no game then anymore. Hmm. Like it was going to be exactly the same game, same rules, just pre-painted plastics. I could see how they, would think that would be a better idea, I guess, for the type of game. I guys. think they were they were hoping they could get more interest yeah. in that way, and, and ultimately, through a bunch of blunders at Mongoose, they failed to take advantage of it and get it back out. So You want to live forever? I only have one rule. Everyone fights, no one quits. If you don't do your job, I'll shoot you. The Sconesies Rednecks! <laughs> So, yeah, no, it's a, it's a great game, and, and if you get a chance to play it, I would recommend it. But anyways, that being aside, um, our this segment, we're going to go ahead and talk a little bit about what we've kind of accomplished today. So this has been Hobby Day 4 for us. Four already? Yep, this is the fourth one in the series. Um, getting rid you know, basically us doing prep for Gen Con, or not Gen Con, we're <laughs> doing prep for Merry Mayhem, and... Uh, not only prep for Mary Mayhem, but since, uh, I had Skaven, I've been trying to get on the table. I, I spent a bit of time today while you guys were hanging out, uh, painting on those guys as well. So I did finish, uh, five more, uh, Noblar slaves today. So that was nice. And I got a, I got a good start on the, uh, not the warp lightning cannon, the doom wheel. Yep. So I got some base, base browns done on that. So that was nice, but uh, Brian, you fiddled around with your Dark Elf Tower. You started to obviously you unbound the tower. Yeah, from its... that was pretty cool that it's all still together. So I had I don't know if you paid if you saw a picture or a video from last time. I had to put a like I, the... I don't know if the video is up yet. Oh, that's <laughs> uh, well, I'll try to get it up before this releases. But... So I was ribbing it with those dowels and get them to fit the kind of whatever the hourglass shape of my tower they needed some significant pressure to hold them on that curve so i had to put a hose clamp around them to put the pressure down it started with rubber bands yeah rubber bands were found inferior i don't know how many i put on there but it's just like yeah that wasn't gonna happen so i had to 
I need more power. So, was so another, yet another trip to the hardware yep. store. So I left that bound from last time. And then the other thing, I had the, the spikes ribs were put on the walls of my tower. And being that, well, my mess up I was correcting from how I cut the sidewalls for the platform. Uh, they didn't fit quite like right. I don't know, in line. They weren't in line with the spikes. There was a gap there, so I kind of, in gluing those, I had to rubber band them to the spikes and get them kind of lined up right. And so I unveiled right. all that, and it managed to hold all right. That's a bonus. And so that was pretty cool. I th- think that was, I mean, that and the door was the main thing I did last time. The second level door. Yeah, the second level door. So today I kind of came into it. I didn't really know exactly what I was going to do when I got here, but I knew what I needed to finish yet. So, unfortunately, I don't feel very accomplished. I worked like five hours or six hours on the thing, and I don't feel like I got very far. So, Well, what what did you get done? Yeah, I was just going to say, I unstrapped the whole thing, and then, um, I mean, my plan all along was to put on some kind of like built-up, kind of rocky, crag-based kind of thing. So, I just kind of roughed out a little bit of like the actual size of the foam, it's another two inch chunk of foam directly under the tower. And then I had the idea for some stairs kind of leading out of it and off to the side. So I got my stairs. I pretty much finished. I mean, it seems like a pretty quick job, but I guess, I mean, it was still work. I did. You did a lot of sanding and fiddling <laughs> that I think most people would have fiddly. skipped. Yeah. But they, I don't know. I like them now though. And so I finished. There, there was multiple attempts at stairs, wasn't there too? Um, I only had to read, I only redid one, I wasn't even going to redo it originally, but how I, in the process of building my door, I ended up redoing it. Yeah. So I actually nailed them all well enough on the first try. So those are really done. Um, I mean, it's just seemed really quick and simple, so I don't feel very accomplished for it. And then that arc around your bottom level door, though, is yeah. pretty cool. That that took a lot of fiddling with to get the shape. That was actually and fit right. Quick. <laughs> like it seemed like I, you were dinking around with it for quite right. a while, though. It was probably more this. Well, I mean, I had to. I squared up the whole thing. Took a little bit sanding it, and then the stairs took me forever. I mean, I was really fiddly with the stairs, but the arc was actually worked out pretty slick. I nailed it with a uh, hot wire somehow. I was afraid it was going to be a job, and then I took actually the the chunk I cut out and I wrapped some sandpaper around that, so it made for a really quick sanding just to actually smooth it all out because, you know, the hot wire line was kind of jaggedy. Sure. So I was surprised how easy that worked out. And then I was really just fiddling with my lower-level door the whole time. Like, my top one was just directly built onto the side of the tower, and then on the bottom one, I didn't know if I needed to, but... I was kind of making like an, a jut out kind of entryway. I kind of had in mind like a big, bigger double door originally. originally. I think it's going to end up actually pretty. It's still going to be a double door, I think, at the final product, but we'll see. So I was trying to make the jut out on it, and that took quite a bit of fiddling. Like I couldn't, I didn't really have anything in mind for how it would actually fit to the shape of my tower, but what I ended up doing, I don't even know how you describe it. There's actually two more spikes that are going to trim the edge of both sides of the door and then it just kind of tapers back to one each did you you did the same thing near for the top the second level too didn't you or that was just right on the on the um side of the building i did have to make that little header piece for it out of the foam core stuff which the stuff you hate 
Yeah. <laughs> I think I did figure out cutting it a little better in my last cut, which will hopefully be the only, the last thing I have to cut for that. <laughs> what was it? The last cut? You're like, but, oh, I think I finally figured out how to cut this. <laughs> a little easier anyway. And I was trying to take my time a little more because I wasn't having much luck with that. So what you're saying is after you're done with this project, you're going to crack out about a billion foam core houses. It should be that, easy to look. You'll have that expert, stupid, ex, I don't know. expert system down. I'm pretty sure what I was doing with it isn't really the ideal material for it. But, I mean, it's kind of what we had. I, don't yeah. know, I was trying to think of what would work better, and I couldn't really think of much besides. Uh, like appar- apparently, I've seen that the people can people have either peel a paper off of it or they've purchased it where really? it's just quarter inch foam yeah uh rather than maybe uh, that would be like i don't know i always like in cutting the paper it always tears the foam yeah is what drives me crazy so you can't really get it it's hard to unless you're making like a perfect straight line it's really hard to get a nice clean cut out of it sure is what's been troubling me because i'm cutting curves and all the things so i mean i hit the block out i did for the entry door on the base level it was just out of foam, so I had to sand that all up and have it fit around everything, and then my stairs, and then I kind of have in mind what I'm gonna, how I'm gonna make the rocks. It's all gonna be out of the the thick styrofoam, the foam one and two stuff. inch normal foam, yeah, yeah. So but I was trying to figure out how to make rocks look right in that, and I think I have an idea in mind, and that should be a pretty quick. So I think I'm just really discouraged. I spent all day on really fiddly bits, just little detail things. Sure, no, but I think those are the fiddly bits that at the end of the day you're gonna be really happy and and I gave you some joke. I kind of joked with you a little (laughs) about a bit about adding more skulls, and I kind of had the bag of skulls. But I'm gonna uh, before either before you go today or um, the next time we have a hobby day, which will obviously have to be scheduled sooner than I would have liked because otherwise (laughs) you're gonna spend all of Thanksgiving weekend sitting panicking trying to finish this project. Yeah, I'll just um, start planning how to have time to finish it. Yeah, so we want to get that finished for obviously Merry Mayhem on December fourteenth. But uh, it they've got the I've got another piece that's going on that table that's got some skulls kind of built into the structure, which is the altar of Cain, uh, the altar of Cain. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think you might like how they're built into it yeah. and may want to incorporate them into this since it's also on the same table so i want to give you that to chew over before you get too far into finishing mm-hmm. your rocks um and laying that out to make sure that uh, you're aware of it and got a heads up and can kind of maybe either decide you want to incorporate it or decide eh, forget it because it does look really cool without it i, I think uh, but i think it would be a nice it would help unify the table also yeah that'd be something to keep in mind i haven't really i haven't seen that your other train for that in quite a while i've just been kind of kind of fiddling i mean you definitely my own you're definitely the moment, there are definitely things that you've done in this piece that i'm like uh at some point we probably should go revisit on this piece <laughs> to try on the old piece to try you know the original piece for that table to to try to bring them in line as well so yeah, the spiky bits and stuff need to be upgraded <laughs> <laughs> but other than that uh, i think uh, i think your piece is coming along brilliantly it's, yeah it's getting there but yeah i just spent all day on the fiddly things with out i mean it wasn't really a big jump in progress if you just looking at it so uh, i can tell you from from the other pieces that are going to be at mayhem this year if this is finished <laughs> it will be the the best single scratch built piece that we have there hopefully you know i think when you could try to compare it to some of the like say the plastic the well-assembled plastic kits for games workshop you know those are 
there's a lot They're of really cool animal. stuff. Yeah, it is a different animal. And you look at it, you compare it to some of the, maybe some of the Hearst Arts builds. And maybe you go, yeah, maybe I'm not, it, maybe I, you know, I think it's in the same line. I think it's in the same line of awesome, but there's a certain amount of unification on those that just, mm-hmm. it makes it easy to work with those. But yeah, what you've got there is really good from the, from a scratch build, for scratch build, yeah. uh, piece of terrain. And it's still, I mean, you could easily blow. I mean, it's, you know, I've got stuff from terrain wench and, I, and I'm a huge fan of the terrain wench, uh, and her, and her work. And I've got stuff of my own, and I've got all these other kits. And I, th- I honestly, I feel very easy, comfortable at this at this page in the project. If you can complete your vision in time, um, that that will be the best piece at Mayhem, the yeah. single best piece. I, I I could not have done it myself. I, I should really didn't make have sure vision. I get it done for sure. <laughs> that being said, it's if it gets done. And right now, I feel like if we don't, based on the progress to today, I don't. I feel like if you don't have two or three or four more sessions like for this, sure, yeah. you're not even going to get paint on it. I don't know. I'm hoping the next steps will be pretty quick and then it'll be, I don't know. Paint's kind of daunting because I don't know. I don't know if I can do it well enough to justify it. But well, you'll be at least good enough to paint it black. So <laughs> yeah, I'll base cut it. Um, and then we'll work from there. So, but yeah, I don't know. It'll be cool. But yeah, I definitely need, we need to, well, if there's more time scheduled or I'll have to schedule, keep it in mind to get it done in time. Oh, I mean, worst case scenario, we can have Dustin paint it and he can take all the credit. <laughs> that would be really, I don't know. I he might get you've got, with it. You've got 40 <laughs> hours of labor into building it. He, he might want to file he's off got the spikes. Five hours, <laughs> five hours of your, uh, assembly time <laughs> later, <laughs> or his paint time, paint time later. Oh, look, it's Donna. Look at this beautiful dark elf tower I did. <laughs> no, I didn't. He didn't do that with the uh, Skullvane no. Mance either. But it's kind of fun. It was just about frustrating it. the base coat, the whole thing. Especially when I guess today, I guess today, uh, it, it's a little easier to give you a, give you a little uh, stuff or uh, I can't really say the word I want to say here. <laughs> it, it was good to to chide you a little bit over it uh, today, just because. Dustin finished up his chaos no, dwarf table. Everybody's finishing stuff. I, I, I don't. I don't think he was quite a hundred percent finished. No, not he did. But he did take some of uh, the flame color paints with him that I had. He asked if he could take them with him. Like, yeah, nobody's going to be using them anytime soon. Brian's not to the point of he's painting. I don't know if there'll be any of those colors on there. And uh, I, I thought. I think uh, I wouldn't take it. I mean, your project is by far more involved than anything any of the rest of us done yeah. had done. And I honestly, I think with Elven terrain, like uh, really getting into an Elven piece like you're doing, I think that's what it takes to make really good Elvish looking terrain. I mean, you can't just uh, throw a half-hearted effort yeah, out there and get that get that real architecture because because it is it is kind of flubly and they have all these contours and rounds and shapes and stuff like that and geometric you know defined shapes that need to be fairly precise or it doesn't look right mm-hmm. and so that extra labor and, and and effort is really starting to pan out and, and show on this particular piece whereas like dustin did a chaos dwarf table but a lot of his stuff was um you know it wasn't pre-built it was you know like his uh tower temple structure was really just taking a bunch of smaller, yeah. smaller, you know, ziggurat. It was just taking smaller chunks of two inch foam and stacking them. And the, and the fiddly part for that was then cutting out plastic card for it. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, what really put it over, though. 
Yeah, it definitely helped give it that. Like, if you just looked at two inch stack foam on top of each <laughs> other, it looked like, yeah, I'll be honest, it didn't look very good at all. But when it, all the bits and pieces went on it and it got kind of chaos, chaosy dwarfed up, uh-huh. that thing looks awesome. It really looks good on the table. And, and his, uh, volcano, when it first started kind of coming together, I'll be honest, it was like, man, that thing's huge <laughs> and these, Little foam balls he had in it for like lava bubbles. I'm like, uh, I'm not sure if I like that. <laughs> but then we we got it painted up. We poured the resin in it. That thing looks spot on. It's awesome. We're, we cut. We're talking about possible rules. We're gonna. He's he's actually got it. We're gonna actually play test it this Tuesday. We're gonna. I'm gonna throw together a rule sheet for the train for him. So it'll be our test rules. Yeah, that'll for be that. a brand new table. Because um, that is a, well, it's not only it's a brand new table, but we've got. I've got a little concern when you have terrain that can play a major can have potential to play a major devastating role <laughs> in the game as, as aka we're going to have an explode uh, the potential as the game progresses that that volcano is going to explode we want to have rules that kind of go with that portion of the game to make it uh you know make sense without it being you know and, and to have it play tested cool but not overpowered yeah, exactly <laughs> Uh, well, if it explodes on turn six, well, we want it to be devastating to everyone, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. But if it if it explodes, you know, turn two or three, it shouldn't, like, break somebody's game, like, to the point mm-hmm. that they're just going to lose. Um, and then, uh, and then, so he's got that done. He's got the, 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 the I think he was doing the flaming barricades, the, the walls. It was, it was the thing he was kind of. He, well, that know, was, was that. the the fiddliest part of the painting project that he yeah. had to do, and that's why he took that paints with to finish those up. And uh, but otherwise, yeah, he finished that up. It was everything's looking really nice. I'm looking forward to seeing it all on the table, um, kind of working together and, and to see it all all complete uh, in, in a game. And we'll take some pictures of that. Uh, hopefully, this Tuesday we'll have. I'll take some time and shoot some pictures of that. And, uh, we'll put that up on the site as well. And then for my own side, uh, I did... Um, so before you guys got here, I went out in the shop and I set up my saw and sander and and I cut out the last of that old piece of hardboard, that thin two-foot by four-foot chunk or whatever uh-huh. that I had, that last few little bits of <laughs> of that I had. I probably didn't have maybe more than a square foot of of board left and I cut it up and I made sand sanded off some sanded it all off and made like three new uh forest stands potentially for I didn't paint any of them up I just got them cut and sanded I was gonna if we had excess people like we were expecting I was gonna give that as one of their uh, projects that they could work on to make them feel like they had a a project that they were contributing towards that I didn't feel like they could rack too much for (laughs) ma'am And then uh, I moved on from that. Um, obviously, we talked about I painted out my Skaven. I did finish the the five Noblar slaves. I got a good mm-hmm. chunk of the, the uh, Doom Wheel. Uh, base coating started. But then I moved on, and I went, I, like, okay, I, this Arcane Ruins has been staring at me for the last two times we've been together. I'm finally going to get that painted up. And so I took the time, and I finished that project off. I painted it. And then I did the the flock, and I think when we put the flock on there, that was when it really came to life yeah, and really sure. like um, went from kind of it was looking kind of meh before that, and then that green of that flock really just it just helped, and it wasn't like it was that much. It's not like it's over the top. It's not like it was like oh wow, this he just put a lot of effort into it. No, it was just just basic flocking on the mm-hmm. on the on some 
on the hardboard with the wood board base that just helped bring it just finish it just make it look good i'm like okay that's done like you could use a few more little knobbly bits or maybe some different tones of flockers you could have used a little bit more rolling texture maybe to it if uh but i, I wanted you know it's a gw piece of terrain i wanted to keep it kind of simple a gw terrain's got a lot of uh detail and, and nibbly bits that help make it look yeah. good i didn't need to to go over the top with the other little accoutrements that usually I like to try to add to some of my projects to make them look like they're lived in or used. So I finished that. I also got another pa- uh, coat of paint on the river sections that I've been working on that I'm, I'm basically, I wanted still, uh, I was looking at, I still need to go back now. So I get the, the first coat of brown that I did last time wasn't really deep enough. Uh, a tone. So you could start, you could still see kind of bleed through of the foam and, and sand was still bleeding through, so I did another coat of brown on it. Now I'm gonna do finish out the riverbeds, which I'm gonna do add a little black, a little dry brush of black on the riverbeds where I've got the sand and gray, just kind of add a little texture and color. And then I'm gonna prep the pieces to have the resin poured. And once that's done, I'm really close to finishing up those projects because then it's just managing. Then I'll just ha- all I have left to do is just flock it yep. and forget it. So, and then glue the bridge on. Flock it and forget it. Yep. So, just go flock yourself, man. So, no, really, that, that should finish up those, and then that gets me in a great position to have another table nearly complete at this point. So, uh, that'll be a, a great momentum, and I'm a little concerned because today was a day that Conzi wasn't uber motivated on terrain. Um, I was kind of more in hangout mode than I think I was in, in hobby mode, which is kind of disappointing i think you know we all were a little tired and and, and yeah today. unfortunately i was kind of tired today i think dustin was too i think uh I, things are starting to ramp up for him he's yeah, had a lot probably. of stuff going on and, and uh he was here too, a and, little while before me too so yeah it's kind of hard to get but uh but yeah i think we were all we we're all suffering from kind of a little bit uh a burnout and just kind of being tired so we we definitely for my part i i just couldn't i didn't have the uber motivation that i wanted but wanted to do to work on but then we had dinner <laughs> and uh i think that worked out well what do you think yeah it was taste so we i smoked a brisket tonight or today so that was uh, i've done i think this is the third smoked uh beef brisket i've done first one um, i've tasted yeah this one i've i've done i did like for the housewarming last year i had a, a big beef, beef brisket but i did that on the charcoal grill uh-huh. and that was it didn't. It turned out really good, but it was a lot tougher than it should have been. This was a far more tender. Yeah, I was crazy how much it shrunk down in size too. It was like fifty <laughs> percent reduction in size. Um, and I did some things I tried for the first time on here. So on this one, so that the outside was definitely not um, one of the things I've had problems with with beef brisket before. My previous attempts was the outside crust would get really hard. Hmm. I didn't have that problem this time. It seemed like the meat was moist all the way through, fairly tender all the way through. Uh, definitely probably could have used another hour, I think, of of cook time, but I was a little worried if I had another hour on there that I might have started drying out the meat too because it definitely was well-done beef uh, at that point. So I don't know. I was really happy with it. Very good, very it tasty. tasty. Made my made my uh belly very happy so <laughs> so i recommend highly that you all go out now and buy yourselves an electric smoker or have all your buddies come over for hobby days at your house and smoke <laughs> them up some wonderful tasty and start with pork shoulder it will help season your smoker and help you feel like you're a brilliant brilliant uh 
cook without uh, having to have a lot of genius in, <laughs> in technique. Okay, let's go ahead and take a break. And when we get back, we'll go ahead and wrap up the show. Okay, on today's Conzie's Rant, I'm going to go ahead and talk a little bit about something that's happened recently. Finally come to a head on one of the social media, one of the big giants of, of wargaming social media, Beasts of War. And if you haven't seen or heard of who Beasts of War are, they've been one of the original kind of YouTube news channels for wargaming. Not just Warhammer, but wargaming. So they, they're always trying to get out to all, all the various... Uh, wargaming companies and get news about new products, new, uh, the games and, and talk about the games, talk about the products, uh, oftentimes prior to release and, uh, get them up and, and talk about them on their videos that they, they've run on their YouTube, on their YouTube channel. And they've definitely, definitely been a predominant element in the industry. I remember seeing from, uh, uh, back when, when I, when I talked to Scott Crager and Prism Gaming, the, that first year when they were at Gen Con, he was really proud that he was, that, uh, Beasts of War came by his booth at Gen Con and they were talking, they talked to him, they recorded a video, a video of him, uh, talking about his business and his product at the time. Uh, that, that, that was like one of his, you know, earmarks for really coolness, you know, big time coolness. He was really proud of that. And I was proud of it too, proud of him for it too. So the deal is though that recently, um, or I, I, this is not really recently, they've had an ongoing battle with Games Workshop Legal and game, and they have broken, uh, leaked pictures, news of leaked pictures and, and shown leaked pictures of various Games Workshop products on their show prior to uh, Games Workshop officially releasing uh, these images to the general public in aka like White Dwarf leak pictures that would come out like a couple weeks before uh, <laughs> the White Dwarf would come out. Then they've they've went after them to the point where the cease and they've the cease and desists have made it where they had to basically drop a sponsor, otherwise the sponsor was going to because it was a game store was going to start losing the ability to be able to get Games Workshop product stocked at their store until a month after being released or something like that. And just weird just weird stuff. And that's not cool, GW, and I'm not worried about repercussions from this. We are a, a Warhammer show. We love your game. We love talking about your product. We love debating about your product. We don't consider ourselves in any way official on any of these stances or any of the any of your products. Nothing we say or do on our show has anything to do that would be considered or contrived as possibly being official Games Workshop policy or beliefs. But in this particular instance, I'm going to strongly say, Games Workshop, that you have some serious image issues going on, and this only makes them worse. And this is, for us as the media and press, not to be able to talk about or see or get the word out and, and then to be penalized when we do about your new products that you're basically giving our you us, the customers, a chance to see a week before release 
uh, you know, I my local game store is trying to do pre-release orders. Uh, and they have to, they basically had a week to do pre-release orders without anybody that wants to buy the pre-release orders being able to even see the models that they're trying to buy unless they sneak around and watch so-called illegal leaked pictures um, that got to the internet. Uh, that's not fair to us as customers. That's not fair to the local game stores, the friendly local game stores that particularly here in the U S maybe that's not such a big deal for you and your games workshop stores over in, in the UK and other countries. But here in the U S it's the friendly local game store that's selling your stuff on the corner. It's not a GW store. The nearest GW store for me is two hours away. You know, I'm not running down to the Games Workshop store to buy your product. I'm running down to the Last Square. I'm running to Pegasus Games. I'm running to Misty Mountain Games. I'm running to, you know, any number of, there's a lot of game stores here in Madison, Wisconsin. Not one of them is officially Games Workshop. But it's a struggle for them to sell Games Workshop product because especially with these releases with the way you release and advertise and market your product it's not only unfair to the local game store but it's unfair to us as the gamer especially with this dark elf release something that as you heard us talk about earlier in the show you could tell i was super stoked super excited about it and super excited about the new releases and i love talking about them it's something that's really got my interest and really something that not only got my interest but it's got my wife back into wanting to play the game and i will almost assuredly get her pushing around some dark elves here before too long and unfortunately, uh, I had to make a decision on $235 or so of, of product that I was going to buy from my friendly local game store without ever seeing a model. And I took some gambles and I think I made the right choices, but, uh, or I'm, I'm positive I made the right choices, but I'll be, t- I'll be, I'll swear to God, if I would have ordered that Hydra and you would have shipped me the- and I would have got that pile of junk. Uh, for a model, I mean, I would have been very upset. Don't I don't like it, and there's nothing wrong with me saying I don't like it, or that I think it's a pile of junk. That's my opinion. Other people might think it's the greatest thing since sliced bread, but uh, I, you know, to spend that kind of money that you're asking for without me ever being able to see the product, and sure, I could have waited, but then my friendly local game store, if they don't get pre-orders. They may or may not stock enough quantity of the product, particularly in the Warhammer Fantasy side, because it's not the most popular game. That I may not, you know, I may end up having to wait two, three weeks before they can reorder and get and get a copy of it in and on the shelves. If I decided that I really, really wanted it, and that's not fair for me as a customer, and I and it's definitely not fair for. Uh, the store that I'm going to buy my product from, where I'm actually playing the game, where I'm trying to get new players into the game, and trying to work it that way. So this is for you, Games Workshop. Uh, hopefully, one somebody from uh, the upper management there at Games Workshop listens to this, but kicking back at us as press. Hey, I'll be the first one to say, and I've said it before on the on the nets. Uh, you want to change your image? Uh, us, the podcasters, us, the media, are your avenue to change your image with the audience. You don't want to be the hated guy. You don't want to be the crowd. You know, we lost a huge percentage of our crowd for frustration in the game, from frustrations we felt as players that Games Workshop didn't listen to us. And we lost a huge chunk of that market here in Madison. They're all playing privateer press right now. Uh, Brian, you definitely agree with that, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that was and 
And it, we're just struggling now to get the Warhammer Fantasy base back up and going to a level that's halfway decent where you can go down on game night and actually get a game pretty much for sure. Yeah, those guys even still have like bad blood about it too. <laughs> exactly. And the only way you're going to change that is to start working with us, the media. And if you keep locking down on us, the media, uh, about talking about your product and talking about your releases and basically giving you free marketing and free references on our, st- on our shows and our media and our, and talking about the rumors that are coming out and anything that we can sneak or glean and not leverage us and attack us, it's only going to continue to bite you in the rear until you drive your market away and you're forced to be in a situation like we watched. And I'm here in Wisconsin, so we got a good view of what happened to TSR in those last days before WizKids went, oh, no, we can't have a world without Dungeons & Dragons, and they bought them out. So... You know, that's what's going to happen in the Games Workshop if you guys keep running your business the way you are. Sooner or later, you're going to run it to the point where you're in the ground and somebody's going to have to buy you out or they're going to watch the end of Warhammer or Warhammer and Games Workshop entirely. All right. Now, and you know, obviously that's something I'm kind of, uh, you know, I take personally <laughs> too because we are, you know, we're a media and it's how long, how long until Games Workshop Legal decides that us as podcasters and all of us various shows that are not here to make money and aren't getting any any financial revenue off of what we're doing say oh no what you're doing is also wrong and we don't want it out there um so uh i don't know what we do as players to try to stop that but if you have ideas go ahead and and send us an email at hosts at wiscodice.com or catch us on twitter or facebook uh, Google Plus and, and shoot us a note. We'll be happy to, uh, to take your ideas. Um, whether that's, uh, and, you know, what, whatever that case might be. Um, here, we here at Wisco Dice, uh, definitely support those ideas. All right, Ryan, what did we kind of, we talked about a lot of different stuff today, right? A lot of different stuff. So what, what did we, we talk about first? What we did recently. We, we did recently. Well, it was really what we talked about first, but we definitely talked about that. We talk, what did we talk about first first? Well, we talk, I think we recapped kind of what we were doing hobby-wise. and well, that's what I meant. Some of the stuff, okay. Not like our terrain today. Yeah, we did that too. <laughs> we, talked about, we talked about we did a hobby day today, so we definitely talked about that too. Yep. But we definitely kind of recapped what we've been doing in the hobby and and or not doing in the hobby and continue that kind of the, little bit of that discussion from episode 40 to try to try to see how we could you know continue to apply it and it was good to hear that you did do a little more than nothing you definitely got something accomplished it just wasn't a lot of time dedicated to it because you got other things going on and, yeah exactly and on the other hand cozy has been going ape nuts so <laughs> i think i've done enough hobby for both of us this last couple of weeks so seems like it we'll, yeah, make, we'll make up for it busting out those rats man yeah, I, I didn't have nearly as much going on in life right now as you do. I know that's ridiculous. But uh, and then uh, we also talked a lot about the current, the new Dark Elf releases. Yep. So what what got released at, at launch here, the relaunch, the new book. Uh, we didn't really talk about the new rules much, other than I griped a lot about Hydras. <laughs> um, my experience wasn't really good in game. And, uh. But you I, love your Dark Elves. I love the Dark Elves. One of my favorite armies. It's one of my favorite things in, in fantasy when you go back from, uh, you know, say you think I'm my, my background being an old role player, 
uh, in doing a lot of the old Forgotten Realm stuff. Dark Elves played a, and then in that game it was the Drow, the dark skinned Drow that were playing such a huge role in a lot of the games that I was playing, a lot of the stuff I was, I was dungeon mastering at the time, and not a, you know, then it was an easy translation, uh, for me to go from those, those Drow and those Dark Elves to the Dark Elves in Warhammer Fantasy because of that. And I love the fluff and I love the army in fantasy and the way that they've kind of put their own twist on the, the background of, of that particular army and how it plays into their game world. Yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> You're so excited about it. Like, I'm afraid of them, like, rooting my stuff when they're going to redo it or whatever. Well, I'm usually not you excited know, anymore. You know, I, after I played that list on Tuesday, I was like... You know, I know how Brian feels after he <laughs> plays a new book because I feel to an extent that they've ruined my army. The army I used to play and enjoy so much, yeah. this isn't it. But, you know, uh, after a couple of days, I was like, okay, I see I see that they've changed what mm-hmm. I used to want to do a bunch. Yeah. Now, do, am I up? Do I like this army enough that I'm up for the challenge to make what I own and and paint up some more models maybe to make it an army that I like to play again? And the answer was mm-hmm. yes. And I, as soon as I got past that, I was like, what did I do <laughs> wrong in my list build? And then I was like, oh, if I had Army Builder, I probably would have caught some of the stuff yeah. and, re- and fixed it because it would have been easy to fix and I would have been thinking more about list creation and not trying to get all the math right and or if i'm scrolled halfway down the page in that i miss things because i'm too focused on one thing and not able to see the whole picture as easily but yeah i think there i think i've got real hope at being able to take this same list i played adjust it with some simple adjustments um that i should have made in the first place and play another game and i think i'm gonna have uh, a very successful very enjoyable game and get more into the kind of dark elves and and play just like and play dark elves like i think dark elves are i think i'm not playing black elves um in a way that isn't dark elfy i think it's uh, I mean, it does and to an extent i if you think back i think back to my old sixth edition list and the first warmer fantasy tournament i won when i was running that dragon i was running the the hydra you know when the hydras are really bad like they are now <laughs> and, and i was running a dragon rider which was really good but since i was playing dark elves and it was considered the worst game book in the game i didn't feel bad and some cold one nights a couple chariots that's the kind of list i kind of feel like dark elves are kind of slipping back into a little bit and so i'm kind of excited to get that that's gonna be kind of the list i think i'm gonna be turning out pretty quickly here pretty soon with these guys is kind of that list again yeah, something cool. very similar to that maybe not with the dragon rider but very similar like void pick your battles mm-hmm. um take what you can get combo charge things set up everything a lot of thinking and i think that's going to be a very rewarding gameplay for what i for me going forward Maybe not the most optimized Dark Elf list, but it's definitely, I felt like, I felt like in the game I played on Tuesday that those few adjustments would have made it far more effective. Um, okay, so I, I think I talked about everything we talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, Brian, how do the, how do folks, where, where are the different places that they're listed? Obviously, that we're listed that people can go find us to download. Maybe somebody came to our website here and, and that's where they're listening to us. Where else could, what other popular media could they go get our, our show from if they're? The 
Blackberry, whatever, isn't it? Black Blackberry <laughs> Black, podcast, podcast or something like that, like, something that, like yeah. that. Stitcher Smart Radio, Stitcher Smart Radio, and of course iTunes, iTunes, and all of those engines have great ways to leave reviews. So you can tell your fellow friends and other enthusiasts about our, you know, what you thought of our show. So please do so. We love, um, in particular, we do catch and I do catch and follow up anyways on iTunes reviews. I love reading those. I love. I love uh, following up and just kind of seeing what people have to say about the show as we continue to grow and improve it. You know, this is 41 episodes in. So all of your compliments and, and not only compliments, but your critiques are always useful. Um, and that's definitely a way that we're going to get the, that information. And you're, you're going to be able to tell your fellow uh, listeners what you thought of us. And how do you reach out to the shows otherwise? How do you, I mean, obviously they have those those opportunities to leave comments and feedback via those media but how else can the can our listeners get a hold of the show? You can email us directly. Yes, you can at hosts at wiscodice.com. Hosts at wiscodice.com. That was hosts at wiscodice.com. Yes, sir. And we're all over that social media thing. We are very much all over the social media. The so Facebooks and the Twitters and the Google Pluses. Exactly. <laughs> all of those different entities of social media we we try to post to. And I try. I, I know for myself, I try to get to uh, all of them. Uh, at least at some point, a little bit. My, I, my, my presence on Twitter might be a lot, I think is a, pretty high. My presence on Facebook is pretty good, but sometimes like that I'll be ignored. And I, we do have a, a group on Facebook as well as a page on Facebook. So sometimes I like to leverage where I'm posting a little more on the page. Sometimes I like to tweak it and do it a little bit more on the group, which is a closed group. You have to ask to join. Um, and that's more like that's really turned into our discussion forums and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, so things that are more discussion forum kind of things I like to post over there. Um, and then of course, Google plus, um, I try to slip up a, a cookie or a bone of what I've been working on uh, there every once in a while as well. And uh, Brian, of course, you do primarily the Facebook thing. If I do something, yeah. Yeah, so, you, you know. <laughs> I'm aware on there all the time. I don't post too much, though, I guess. Probably because yeah. I haven't done too much. He's a stalker. <laughs> He's a he's a he's a stalker. He does the same thing on our forums at WWHFB.com, the Wisconsin Warmer Fantasy Battles League. So... Uh, then we have, uh, what else do we have? We have all those, all those social media good things. And finally, of course, if you didn't know, if you caught us through one of those wonderful podcast engines, uh, or you heard about us from your friend and that's when they, how you got to us, you can catch out our website and all our blog posts and stuff, which we get update blog posts. I mean, we, we get all the updates for the shows. Those always go up right away when we launch the yep. shows, but uh, the blog posts are here or there. We we get them up as we get to them. I've got I've got one on how I based a Skaven Rad Order. I need to finish writing up. I got all the pictures shot. I just need to finish writing that one up and get that up. I meant to do that like a couple weeks ago and just haven't gotten around to it because I've been so busy painting Skaven. Yeah, once I get to something, maybe I'll have something to post about recently, I guess. But, uh... But you can go ahead and check out our website, though, at wiscodice.com. 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 Dot com. Okay, so I, I hope you guys enjoyed this. Um, it's been a lot of just kind of talking about where we've been at in the hobby recently. We talked a little bit about the new releases. I think that, that talk we had about the new releases, like I haven't been, I mean, I know me personally, I haven't been nearly as excited about a lot, almost any of the new releases that have come out this year. Definitely excited. But, about uh, that. 
<laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely was an inspired one. And I think there's there's been a lot of talk all over the on, on like a lot of the podcasts. So I didn't want to just sit down and do a review right away on it because there's been enough reviews out there already of the book that I don't think another one is is really necessary. But definitely wanted to get you know I had that, and I think that's we should um, that's something we need to make sure that we do for future book releases. Um, we kind of glanced over when they released Demons and Chaos and or the Warriors of Chaos and the Demons of Chaos and the Lizardmen books earlier this year. We just kind of glanced over, over them. We maybe mentioned them a little bit. But we really didn't talk about any of the new releases or how they kind of worked out. Of course, then, usually one of us has the, had had the book in, in previously um, with, previous, with releases previous to that when, mm-hmm. when it was Paul and I and and for all th- for all those other previous releases, I never even had the army book. Yeah, so. neither of us really play them. So that was also good much. to have. Paul kind of gave us that finally that Lizardman release review last on the last show. It was good to have him in the studio to do that. So mm-hmm. maybe we'll do maybe in some of those cases too. We'll reach out to some of the more the local local experts. guys and and see if we can get them on for that too. So hopefully that gets you guys excited. Hopefully we can continue to do those kind of things in the future um, as the new books come out. All right, so let's go ahead and call it a wrap. Rappy wrap, wrap. All right, take care, folks. Peace out. Peace out. Bye. bye, Yeah, way to go. You, (laughs) you, you killed my bubble there. Not very nice. (laughs) He's he's getting to be a better guy every day. (laughs) Good job, Ryan. Take out his, take out his burst, his bubble. It's just the best thing ever. Yeah! Ah, that guy again. He's still here. Still here. Peace out, folks. That's it. <laughs>